You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in, toll free, bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Now, the main feature of the site actually allows you to suggest show prep for our show. I mean, the show focuses on your calls, but in the absence of those, we've got to bring stuff up uh, to talk about. And so our website has turned into quite the uh, the resource for our, sh- for our show and for our listeners as well, because obviously we can't talk about everything uh, that is listed on our website. So it's, a, it's like a, a, a place for liberty-oriented people to come to and find interesting stuff, uh, interesting news stories or YouTube videos or a blog post, whatever it is that you, th- you see online that you think other people that uh, listen to the show might enjoy. You can go to freetalklive.com and submit it to the site and then other listeners can vote up or vote down depending on how they feel about it. And then the most voted up of the uh, the different items will make it to the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. So a lot of the stuff you'll hear us talk about actually comes from our site, freetalklive.com. Of course, you can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. Joining you tonight, it is Ian. Oh, and Mark. Wait, Dale, did I turn your mic on? Let me try that one. Try that one more time. Something is screwy with your microphone. I don't it was know my it fault. Oh, you're holding on pressed. the cough button. <laughs> it's Dale. I'm here. <laughs> Welcome, indeed. Now, uh, so we are here to talk to you about absolutely anything. But starting things out here tonight, there's a news story that I saw today that I was a little bit shocked uh, to spot. I, I was surprised that I hadn't seen this particular story. At least I don't recall seeing this story uh, a, few, a few years back. Uh, from the Washington Post, 2006, study finds no cancer marijuana connection. I don't recall uh, sharing this this piece of news. I thought it reduced your odds of cancer and certain types of cancer. There has been a study about that, it was like brain cancer or something like that, right? I'm I'm not sure about uh, about that. The largest study of its kind has unexpectedly concluded that smoking marijuana, even regularly and heavily, does not lead to lung cancer. The new findings were against our expectations, said Donald Tashkin of the University of California at Los Angeles, a pulmonologist who studied marijuana for 30 years. Sounds like a tough job. We hypothesized, he said, that there would be a positive association between marijuana use and lung cancer. Seems like a no-brainer, right? I mean, putting smoke in your lungs? Combusted vegetable material. I mean, we've been told that that gives you, uh, gives you cancer. Can't be good for I you. I heard something like it was a water... I don't know the validity of this, but I thought I heard something like it was a water-soluble smoke. Yeah, I heard uh, something like so that, that it, too. It doesn't cl- I, uh, build up in your lungs the way tobacco smoke does or something. Or t- the way tar does. Right. Well, tobacco. did you ever notice how... Uh, I remember when I was younger and I was trying to hide my cannabis smoking like from parents and uh, authority figures and things like that. I, uh, we noticed that if you were to smoke a cigarette in a bathroom, for instance, you would know that hours and hours and hours later. You could yeah. go into that bathroom, you could smell it. If you were to smoke a, a joint or something like that in that same bathroom, hours and hours later... There's likely not going to be a trace. There, you know, that's that's true. Like I I will go I will pitch a fit if I see someone smoking a tobacco cigarette in my house. Mm-hmm. But like you know, if I see someone passing a joint or something, I don't really. It, I, it doesn't get. It doesn't stick to the it furniture. Doesn't to. Doesn't linger in the furniture and make a horrible smell the way tobacco smoke does and so, things like that. I mean, that's my every man's uh, explanation for this, right? I, I don't know what the science is here as to why can- cannabis smoke would be less dangerous to your lungs than cigarette smoke is. But here you go. The, the largest study on this has shown that's the case. In fact, the, uh, the pulmonologist said that he believed that they would find a, a positive association and that the association would be more positive with heavier use. So the more you smoke, the worse off your lungs would be. 
He said what we found instead was no association at all, and even a suggestion of some protective effect. Federal health and drug enforcement officials have widely used Tashkin's previous work on marijuana to make the case that the drug is dangerous. And Tashkin said that while he still believes marijuana is potentially harmful, its cancer-causing effects appear to be of less concern than previously thought. Earlier, less concern, but it doesn't do it, right? <laughs> well, I suppose it could cause some other kind of cancer that doesn't have to do with lung. I, I don't know. Uh, there's no evidence of that whatsoever, from from my understanding. Well, he said less uh, of a concern. So sure, well, they're still concerned, but they haven't found any evidence to back up their concern. Basically, uh, Tashkin said that earlier work established that marijuana does contain cancer-causing chemicals as potentially harmful as those in tobacco, he said. However, marijuana also contains a chemical THC, which he said may kill aging cells and keep them from becoming cancerous. So the active, the, the active ingredient in cannabis, THC, that's the part that gets you high, he's saying may actually kill off the, uh, the, the aging cells. Hmm. Tashkin's study founded by the National Institute's uh, the National Institutes of Health, National Institute on Drug Abuse, that's a little complicated, involved 1,200 people in Los Angeles who had lung, neck, or head cancer, an additional 1,040 people without cancer matched by age, sex, and neighborhood. They were all asked about their lifetime use of marijuana, tobacco, and alcohol. The heaviest marijuana smokers had lighted up more than 22,000 times, while moderately heavy, heavy usage was defined as smoking 11,000 to 22,000 marijuana cigarettes. Tashkin found that even the very heavy marijuana smokers showed no increased incidence of the three cancer study. So this is the largest case control study ever done, and everyone had to fill out a very extensive questionnaire about their marijuana use. Bias can creep into any research, but we controlled for as many confounding factors as we could, and so I believe these results have real meaning. His group at the David Geffen School of Medicine at UCLA had hypothesized that marijuana would raise the risk of cancer on the basis of earlier small human studies, lab studies of animals, and the fact that marijuana users inhale more deeply and generally hold smoke in their lungs longer than tobacco smokers, exposing them to the dangerous chemicals for a longer time. In addition, Tashkin said, previous studies found that marijuana tar has 50% higher concentrations of chemicals linked to cancer than tobacco cigarette tar. Jeez, it really stands to reason, doesn't it? Right. While no association between marijuana smoking and cancer was found, the study findings presented to the American Thoracic Society International Conference did find a 20-fold increase in lung cancer among people who smoked two or more packs of cigarettes per day. The study was limited to people younger than 60 because those older than that were generally not exposed to marijuana in their youth when it's most often tried. So I would call that a a landmark study and uh, shocking I mean, even I would say, hey, it's probably not good to smoke. And I'm, I would still say it's probably not good to smoke stuff. But here they are saying that in the largest study ever done on uh, marijuana and cancer, there's no evidence whatsoever. In fact, evidence that shows that perhaps it actually helps prevent it. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm pretty sure there was another study that said me. that marijuana acts like Popeye spinach. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Even, I can't quote it though. I can't remember. I can't like cite it. But. It is. Uh, it really is. As far as I'm concerned, a miracle plant. I mean, this is a plant that can help people who have some of the most debilitating conditions. And I've seen the video footage of these people that are the uh, the medical cannabis users, uh, and and how it provides them relief. It is so persuasive to watch these folks uh engage in using their medicine it's it's an amazing it makes an amazing difference for them within two to three tokes and of course with this study it shows that the smoke isn't as dangerous as people might think but even beyond that if you really want to be safe with uh, with cannabis get a vaporizer 
then you're not even dealing with smoke. Then you're just talking about vapor. That stuff makes more sense to me. I mean, I'm not going to prescribe vaporizing to people or anything like that. But if you're going to consume marijuana, it makes sense to me that vaporizing is superior to uh, smoking it. Yeah. And for those that don't know, the vapor uh, vaporization process, you basically take the, the plant, you grind, <laughs> you grind it up, and you put it in the vaporizer. The vaporizer then heats the plant to the point and bl- blows air over it, the more fancy ones. Uh, but you basically pull air through the, the ground-up plant, and the air is heated to a temperature that essentially heats the THC in the plant to the point where it vaporizes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the rest of the plant still remains. So what you end up with after the fact is, beginning you had green cannabis, at the end you have brown cannabis. So it does slightly change through, uh, through the process, but the, the plant material itself is still intact. Mm-hmm. Uh, it hasn't been combusted. It hasn't turned into smoke. I think there's something, too, about just the fact that it's not hot when you're inhaling it. You know, anything, you know... It's still hot air that's... A water pipe or something that cools the smoke. Yeah, but by the time you're inhaling it, it's cooled off. And so you're not inhaling something really hot into your lungs, because I've heard that the heat from smoking, I've heard this for cigarettes at least, that the heat from it can burn the cilia on your lungs, and that Hmm. takes a while to grow back. That's so. an interesting. I never, heard, I've never heard that, but it sounds believable. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the SACL CAI toll free line. We will take your calls about anything. What happens when the police kill a city? We'll find out here in a little bit. Also, again, your calls about anything goes. It's free talk live. Take control. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com this is free talk live you can bring up what you want by dialing in toll free at 800-259-9231 SACL CAI toll free line 1-800-259-9231 you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there they are completely free uh, features including archives so if you've missed a moment of the show click and download Right there, front page of the website. In fact, if you click uh, to the archive section, you can go all the way back to late 2006, meaning you get free years worth of this program. Uh, So head on over to freetalklive.com and enjoy. By the way, uh, Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. You need some collections work done? Sick and tired of trying to call the uh, people that owe you money and get them to pay up? Well, call uh, Jason Osborne over at SACL CAI and they will handle it with respect. They collect with respect at SACL CAI. They've been on board uh, sponsoring this show for years, and they're an incredibly great, liberty-oriented company. Highly recommend you take a look at SACL CAI for all your collections needs. Their uh, banner is right at the top uh, top right-hand side of our website, freetalklive.com. Breaking news of a very bad sort. I uh, just spotted this in my email box moments before we went. To, we, re- we started the segment here. In case you heard, uh, you missed the show last night. Last night, uh, Rich Paul and Capuzzo and another, I guess, young lady were arrested down in Massachusetts. Uh, a couple of the a few New Hampshire, a couple of the New Hampshire activists who are well known for their 420 celebration activism up here, smoking cannabis in public, that kind of thing. 
uh, were arrested on alleged drug charges and gun charges down in Massachusetts. They they were being held overnight in the uh, the the jail there, and I, I suppose there was an arraignment this morning. It's my understanding they're still they were still being held because even after the arraignment, the claim was they couldn't be let go on these serious charges unless we get cash out of you, which is just so funny, right? Like these are dangerous. Yeah. These are serious charges and dangerous, uh, possibly dangerous people. We can't just let them out of our jail unless you give us five hundred dollars a piece. I mean that's the system, right? And so I guess the guys from uh, Liberty on Tour, Adam and Pete, had gone down there today for the purpose of bailing them out. They'd taken a collection uh, on uh, over the internet. They managed to collect some cash together to go down to, to bail these guys out. And, these guys are great. And the word is they now have been arrested also. And the allegation is the reason why they were arrested is because they were videotaping while they attempted to bail the other two guys out, mm. or the other three uh, folks out. So now there's five people in jail down in Massachusetts. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, I mean, I, they need more phone calls. I, I, I Absolutely, they need more phone calls. But I, you know, I, I can't say I'm, I'm terribly surprised. I, I mean, I think it's, it's awful and reprehensible, but this is how it is when it comes to videotaping law enforcement officers in the rest of the country. And Massachusetts is one of the worst of all the, the rest of the states. It's one of the most oppressive as far as their... Isn't that the home of the Free Lunch Project? I don't know about that, but uh, it is one of the most oppressive places as far as uh, videotaping and recording bureaucrats, that sort of thing. So as we learn more about what's happening to Adam and Pete, uh, Capuzzo and Rich, uh, we will certainly pass the word on here, which is just such a shame because it's just it's just such a bummer because Massachusetts is a terrible place to be. Please avoid it at all costs because this is the kind of crap that will uh, that will transpire there. And I don't know what this means. I don't know if this is well, a felony wiretapping charge or what, what, how serious this is. You know, I, I, Massachusetts has whatever benefits Massachusetts has, and one should go there if one needs to go to Massachusetts. One just needs to understand. Not if you love freedom, you shouldn't go there. One needs to understand that if you love freedom, it's enemy territory. Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. So that's the news update. Uh, our friends are in jail, and now more of them are in jail. We could use you here sooner rather than later up here in New Hampshire. If you are a member of the Free State Project, do what you can to move the plans up because uh, there needs to be a real sense of urgency, I think, around this movement. 1-800-259-9231. We'll continue here uh, going back to what I was originally intending to talk about. William Norman Grigg at LewRockwell.com is going to tell us a story about how the police actually killed a city. Brent Talmo once lost a job he really enjoyed, but he was eventually able to find a position in the same field with better pay and greater responsibilities. Sure, he'd been a troubled employee, prone to bizarre behavior and casual abuse of those described as his customers, but he was fortunate enough to find a new employer willing to overlook his mistakes. Now that employer, the Maywood California Police Department, is being liquidated. In fact, the entire municipal government of Maywood, a Los Angeles suburb of roughly 40,000 people, is being dissolved on account of bankruptcy. The Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department will provide law enforcement coverage to Maywood, and a Rump City Council will coordinate delivery of services provided by neighboring Bell. In Maywood, as elsewhere, the economic crash has choked off the tax revenue on which the municipal government subsists. The town is currently facing a $450,000 deficit. But what finally broke the city, reports the L.A. Times, was the decision by the California Joint Powers Insurance Authority to terminate general liability and workers' compensation coverage because the city posed too high a risk. 
More specifically, the city was uninsurable because of a large number of claims filed against the police. Now, just to, to, as an aside here, speaking of activists getting arrested, uh, one of our friends down in Texas, Barry Cooper, he is wanted currently by the police down there. Uh, his wife was arrested just a couple of days ago. And wasn't it Barry Cooper who suggested this very strategy at the Liberty Forum a couple years ago? Were either of you there for Barry's speech where he was talking about how you could really stick it to the police departments by going after their insurance? No, I didn't know anything about it. I, I I vaguely recall something about that. I yeah, I don't know what the the process is. I don't know how you go about doing this, but basically, you know, these people are required to have insurance by their municipal agreements and things like that. And if there's too much controversy, if there's too you know, if there are too many cases against the the PD, the insurance company is going to pull out. If they, especially if there are settlements, makes sense. And so if the insurance company pulls out, you don't have a police department anymore, as is happening in Maywood, California, right now. According to Greg at LewRockwell.com, uh, this is because the department had become the police equivalent of the Island of Misfit Toys, a sanctuary city <laughs> for criminals in state-issued costumes. Ironically, Officer Talmo, whose career usefully illustrates how difficult it is to be rid of an abusive cop, was actually one of the less egregious examples among those given refuge by the Maywood PD. As an L.A. County Sheriff's deputy assigned to the jail, Talmo was a bully given, uh, given to amusing himself at the expense of others and abusing fellow employees who rebuked his misbehavior. As the April 1, 2007 Times report summarizes, Talmo poured dirt into the gas tank of a county vehicle, placed a dead gopher in a prisoner's pocket as an apparent prank, then lied about it and tried to get another deputy to lie on his behalf, tipped over the bed of a sleeping prisoner, causing him to fall face first onto the floor and bloodying his nose, Yeesh. and telephoned a, fel- a fellow jail guard and referred to him as a snitch and used a racial slur. To be specific, Talmo called his associate an effing N-word. When Talma was fired, then-Sheriff Sherman Block publicly singled him out as the primary culprit in a campaign of harassment aimed at prisoners, concluded the Times. Talma was fired by the sheriff's office in 1986. He appealed to the Civil Service Commission. This is something only bureaucrats get to do. They get to actually appeal to their employer when they get fired. Like, you, you can't fire me! Well, anybody can appeal, it's just that... You know, the government uh, has so many rules on um, employees, and it's so difficult to get rid of them. I mean, it's it's any any employee can go back to an employer and say, "Hey, would you rethink firing me?" Sure, let me think about it. No, oh, you're still fired. Yeah. <laughs> In <laughs> this know? case, he came back. Not, an appeal is supposed to be someone else, right? <laughs> we'll come back with the rest of this story here in a few moments at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, Also, Sam has gone out to uh, bullhorn the city council here in Keene. We'll find out what happens with that later on. It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL. That's FTL is in Free Talk Live. And sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Now, the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those. 
including our Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo, show they are indeed listeners of this program. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. If you're a lady listener, you can join the Shrine or just enjoy it. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Why would you want anything other than the very best when it came to personal protection? You can uh, get the Tiger Light at tiger.freetalklive.com and save up to $100 through, uh, through Free Talk Live because you're a Free Talk Live listener. It's proven to be the, the most effective, non-lethal, personal protect- protection device in the world. It's been tested by uh, police, military, and civilian self-defense instructors, and they get it for themselves and their families. It's tiger.freetalklive.com. I have one. Ian has one. And they're great devices. Tiger.freetalklive.com. Another update on our friends Adam and Pete from LibertyOnTour.com. They are still down in uh, Massachusetts, but an update from uh, Pete's Facebook page. uh, It was posted there that apparently they are remaining silent. So if you call the Greenfield, Massachusetts uh, department to inquire, do not give them their names. So they, uh, they are remaining silent, which may result in them being incarcerated for an indefinite period of time, as has happened with our friend Sam from ObscuredTruth.com. He was held in jail in New Hampshire for 58 days last year uh, because he refused to give them his name. Even though they knew what his name was a couple weeks into it, they still held him there. So I'm not sure uh, what's going to happen down, down south of Massachusetts. We will keep you updated as we learn more. But if you're calling uh, to inquire about those folks, do not give their names. As uh, we continue here, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. We're talking about Maywood, Maywood, California, where the police department is being liquidated. In fact, the entire city of Maywood, Los Angeles, is being dissolved on account of bankruptcy. And so we're telling you about, well, how did it come to be? What, What led to such a drastic thing happening? I mean, this is like great news, right? They're dissolving a city government? Cool. I wish that happened more often. Apparently, let's talk about one of the officers in this department. Essentially, what happened was there was too many claims filed against the police, and so the city became uninsurable. The insurance company decided to drop drop out. They said, we don't want to have anything to do with this. You guys aren't fixing these, uh, the problems with the cops, so we're out of here. And then basically that meant that the city had to, uh, to go away because they weren't insured anymore. Anyway, this guy, uh, Talmo, Officer Talmo was uh, an L.A. Sheriff's County deputy, L.A. County Sheriff's deputy, rather, and was, uh, was known for abusing the prisoners and playing pranks on his, uh, his co-workers. He was fired by the sheriff's office in 1986, appealed to the Civil Service Commission, and then three years later, a hearing officer recommended that Talmo be reinstated with his punishment reduced to a 90-day suspension. The full commission accepted the hearing officer's factual findings, but upheld Talmo's termination. In 1991, after a five-year legal battle, a three-judge panel from the L.A. Superior Court upheld the decision. One would expect that decision to make it impossible to find employment as a police officer for Mr. Talmo. No. One would be wrong. Talmo immediately found a job, complete with badge, gun, and costume, with the Los Angeles Housing Authority Police. In fact... Talmo and his partner received a commendation in 1992 for bravery and heroism above and beyond the normal demands of duty. While cops were dining at a Denny's restaurant, a car smashed through one of the walls. Several customers were trapped under the debris. Talmo and his partner pulled the victims from the rubble and attended to their wounds. Their actions were commendable, of course, but it's not as if they had risked life and limb by rescuing a child from a burning high-rise or used their bodies to shield terrified pedestrians from gunfire. Any reasonably able-bodied person is expected to render aid to the wounded in a situation like this. Actions of that sort are best described as basic courtesy. 
Yet, according to their superiors, the actions of Tomo and his partner displayed courage above and beyond the normal demands of duty. Apparently, the normal demands Just of duty... pulling mm-hmm. someone from an accident? Yeah, with, from it's rubble. Not, yeah. From some rubble is... In a building is above that you're and already in. Their, their duty? I mean, I would think that would be the basic yeah, expectation, certainly. Uh, uh, like you said, of any, if anyone, not just a police officer. Uh, but it's better for the police department to give awards for their police officers' bravery and all yeah. that other stuff. Yeah, there's an image there that they're working on. You so. know, I mean, what kind of news story is it when the police chief, uh, police chief says, well, that's ordinary behavior, and I think our officers should do that all the time. So apparently the normal demands of duty would have been satisfied had the officers simply finished their meal at Denny's and left <laughs> it to the others to care for the victims. <laughs> it's likely that uh, Talmo's commendation and award every bit as legitimate as the prizes handed out in the Dodo's caucus race from Alice in Wonderland helped secure him a position with the Maywood PD in 1998. Of course, he would have been welcomed there even if he'd left his last job by fleeing the jurisdiction to avoid criminal prosecution. Not surprisingly, Talmo found himself named as a defendant in one of the plentiful civil rights lawsuits filed against the Maywood police and city government. The Maywood Police Department has the reputation for being an agency of last resort for those who seek employment as a peace officer, explained a March 2009 report compiled by the, Ita- the California Attorney General's Office. Review of the Maywood Police Department's hiring practices over the past 10 years validates this perception. So even their own people, even their own common gang members in the state of uh, California government admitted that this police department is where all the bad guys end up. You can't get a job anywhere else in California? Go to Maywood. Well, They'll hire you. One thing I, I, I you know, would like to point out is that it's... They're, these gangs are fractionalized. You know, they have their own uh, they have their their own clubhouses, as it were, for the for the gangs. And each clubhouse believes that their clubhouse is the best clubhouse amongst the other gang members. Mm-hmm. So when you're dealing with uh, any government government agencies, don't generally work well together. And there's a reason. It's because they you know they they think that the other people in the other area are bad, and they're trying to over to take more power from them, or they're stupid, or whatever their their reason is. The April 2007 investigative report by the L.A. Times found that at least one-third of Maywood's officers had either left other police jobs under a cloud or had brushes with the law while working for Maywood. The department was a full-spectrum cacistocracy. That's a new word for me. Can you look that one up? Cacistocracy. K-A-K-I-S-T-O-C-R-A-C-Y. In February of 2008, the city council selected as police chief an individual named Al Hutchings, who had been convicted of theft and forced to resign from the LAPD. The man Hutchings replaced had been convicted of domestic abuse while serving as police chief. Government so, by the least qualified or most unprincipled citizens. Gotcha. Uh, the, so, this, so this Hutchings character replaced a police chief who'd been convicted of domestic abuse, and he himself, Hutchings, was, a, was convicted of theft. He's <laughs> the police chief in this town. As the gathered scum of California's law enforcement culture, the Maywood Police Department met Augustine's precise definition of government enti- of a government entity. It was a criminal band that achieved legitimacy not by renouncing aggression, but rather by attaining impunity. The department separated corruption like a freshly ruptured pustule. When <laughs> abuses of criminal conduct could no longer be concealed or explained away, the officer would be permitted to resign instead of being fired. This enhanced the officer's chances of securing employment as a peace officer elsewhere, noted the report. That's, you know, common courtesy. That's that's called uh, professional courtesy amongst the police departments. When you get a ticket as a police officer, it's professional courtesy to just make it go away. When you uh, or just to not give the ticket in the yeah, first place. Uh, when you are, uh, you know, you've, you're caught doing something naughty. It's professional courtesy to allow you to resign rather than to fire you. So you can go and get a job and do naughty things elsewhere. 
Uh, according to the story here, this is again from uh, LewRockwell.com, William Norman Grigg. story says that uh, he could quickly be replaced by another troubled police officer eager to put his past behind him by enlisting in Maywood's merry band of armed plunderers. Beginning in 1999, shortly after Talmo joined the force and ending in 07, the Maywood police carried out a vehicle towing an impoundment racket that soaked up huge amounts of money for the city's parasite class. Supposedly begun for the purpose of removing unlicensed drivers from the streets, this was actually a criminal enterprise involving bribes, kickbacks, and other corrupt uh, emoluments. The AG report found a glaring lack of documentation as to the rationale for impounding the vehicles that they seized. It also concluded the Maywood police routinely towed and impounded vehicles in situations that were not warranted under existing laws and precedents. Maywood PD defector told the AG's investigators that it was well-established practice. This is somebody who was on the inside who uh, snitched them out. A whistleblower. Nah, they're just a disgruntled ex-employee. They, uh, they said it was a well-established practice to conduct traffic stops without reasonable suspicion in order to satisfy the demands of police officials who were pushing toes. Officers were expected to get at least two toes per shift. Whoa. Checkpoints were, sh- uh, were set up and used to confiscate vehicles or, when possible, shake down motorists for what amounted to protection money. But there's more about Maywood. We'll share that with you here in a few moments. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. I'm Dale. And Mark. Don't forget to join Dale over at his website, anarchyinyourhead.com. Lots of great liberty-oriented cartoon work. You can take a look at that, plus the occasional blog post or video blog from Dale himself over at anarchyinyourhead.com. A couple of our other friends uh, from copblock.org have been arrested today. Uh, another update come, uh, came in from the Porcupine 411 service, which is a great little uh, service that we have here that allows activists to pick up the phone, dial a, dial a number and uh, local to a New Hampshire number, and then leave a message. And when they hang up, that message gets blasted out to a bunch of email addresses so and smartphones and that kind of thing. Dale, you played the audio during the break. Apparently, uh, when they went down there to bail a couple of, their, of the other activists out, they brought video cameras with them. They t- the cops there took issue with the video cameras, and the cops down there aren't used to activists like the cops, many of the cops here in New Hampshire. So they went after them. They arrested them for presumably wiretapping charges. I don't know yet. Maybe disorderly conduct. We haven't heard any of those details at this point. But apparently they did hurt Adam Miller in some way. Uh, when they were arresting him. I've got the audio. I haven't had a chance to review it to see if we can put it on the air yet or not. But uh, just to give you an update uh, from our, our friends over at copblock.org, they are, they, they have been, at least one of them has been hurt by the police down there. To what extent? I'm not sure. So we continue here talking about corrupt cops. 
Uh, this story from over in California. Now, you know, you think when you hear the stories about the corrupt cops out there in, in the mainstream media, they tend to focus on the big cities, right? I mean, it's a given that there are going to be corrupt cops in Chicago and L.A. and New York City and, and D.C. and Baltimore. It's a given that you're going to find corrupt cops in those places. But I've always said that wherever there is a, a, a police department, wherever there's power to be attained, the people in search of it will find it. And in many cases, Little police departments can be as corrupt, perhaps even more corrupt than uh, than the larger police departments. I mean, these are the places where all the cops know each other, whereas in a bigger department, not all the cops know one another. You know, there are hundreds of cops in a larger department, so the, the corrupt cops can kind of fly under the radar if there are good cops around. But in a smaller department, if there are bad cops in a smaller department and there's a good cop in there somewhere, he's going to be scared S-less because he'll know everything that's going on around him and he'll know how uh, how just ingrained it is into the culture of the department and he'll know there's nothing he can do uh to uh, to stop the the corruption and we're talking about one of those departments right now the maywood city police department it's a suburb of los angeles uh, Forty thousand people live in maywood and the uh the city itself is being dismantled they are taking it apart because the, because of the actions of the police there have been too many complaints and the insurance company is is scared. They don't want to. They don't want to insure <laughs> these bureaucrats anymore, and so they're backing out. And it's all because of the police department. I mean, yes. essentially, the the entire city is being disbanded because of the police department, and um, it it just goes to show there's there's a couple of things that can really ruin a, a, a town, and that is its school and its uh, police department. They're you know they they just they're big holes you throw money in. So we're talking about how these uh, cops in Maywood have been doing a tow scam where essentially the officers were expected to get a minimum of two tows per shift. Uh, they were setting up checkpoints, confiscating vehicles, shaking down motorists for what amounted to protection money. And hey, you don't want to get towed today, right? Well, uh, 50 bucks will let you go. Most of Maywood's population is Latino, by the way. In 2005, the city council declared Maywood a sanctuary city for so-called illegal immigrants. Although rooted in identity politics, this decision had the effect, perhaps unintended, of expanding the municipal revenue pool since undocumented persons or MAS derived from Mojado were preferred targets for vehicle confiscation and other forms of highway robbery. Because if you're not uh, legal, then it's even easier for the cops to come and take your stuff. Because what are you going to do? File a lawsuit? You can't. The AG report describes in 2008, or excuse me, 2005, August, a case in which police officer confiscated a vehicle with Oregon license plates. In fact, no motorist was safe in, uh, in Maywood, particularly those with out-of-state license plates. In this case, the police officer cited the driver for failing to present a California license, confiscating the man's valid Oregon license as he wrote the citation. The cops summoned a partner in crime to tow the vehicle away, where it was impounded for 30 days. That's going to be expensive. That's going to be huge. Mm. The driver was able to get the spurious citation dismissed, but only after paying $1,500 in ransom to retrieve his stolen car. Multiply that example by several thousand for all the victims that they, uh, they made out of this practice, and you begin to get a picture of what went on in Maywood between 1999 and 2007. Given the ever-escalating corruption and violence of Leviathan's armed enforcement cast, there are, a few more dangerous, there are a few more dangerous places to be than behind the wheel of a motor vehicle. Many of the cases of criminal police violence described in the AG's report grew out of traffic stops conducted in the service of the towing and confiscation racket. In March of 06, police stopped a driver for trivial infractions, a cracked windshield, and a missing front license plate. 
Without legal cause or justification, the man was pulled out of the vehicle and handcuffed, narrates the report. When he was placed in the police vehicle, the officers, note carefully that it took two tax-devouring heroes to perform this service, intentionally pushed his head into the door a couple of times. Without probable cause, the officers proceeded to search the vehicle and seize two cell phones, approximately $200, and other miscellaneous items. The car was stolen by the cops, and the victim was arrested on a spurious charge of driving without a license. About a week later, the victim and his mother went to the police department in an attempt to recover their stolen car. They were unceremoniously rejected from the building. This is, I mean, the police department had, every officer was uh, was expected, according to one of, you know, an officer that worked there, was expected to get two impounds a day per mm-hmm. shift. And, uh, you know, so obviously this is a big racket. Mistakenly thinking they had left some important documents behind, the mother went back to retrieve them. When the car owners found the papers... Excuse me, when the car's owner found the papers, he went back into the police station to get his mother. Without warning or cause, he was assaulted by a Maywood cop who shot him with a taser. While recovering from that attack, the victim was physically assaulted by a Maywood police officer and taunted with a police dog by another officer. The report continues, he was arrested for making a terrorist threat and resisting arrest. A charge of resisting and obstructing an officer was also subsequently added. After being kidnapped and falsely imprisoned at the county jail, the victim was brought before a judge who ordered his release. Rather than being allowed to leave the courtroom, however, he was dragged back to a holding cell and then escorted out a side entrance. When the door opened, the man was confronted by the same uniformed thug who'd assaulted him with the taser the previous day. The thug then arrested him a second time on the same charges as he was walking out the door of the courtroom. Having been released by a judge. It's a nation of laws, you know. This time, the victim was held in jail for five days. Eventually, after the victim dealt with the impound fees and related expenses, all the charges against him, except the one involving the windshield and front license plate, were dismissed. But, hey, that's just the way the system is. He'd already is. been punished at that point, Hey, of hey if you don't like it, get elected and change the system, <laughs> right. okay? This is what, when people think that government is preventing crime... This is what cracks me up. First of all, it's not. Crime is still happening all over the place. And secondly, it's just, it's just monopolizing it. They've, they've, they've claimed a monopoly on crime. So these guys can do it because they have badges. They yep. can commit what is just – they can just outright commit crimes. That's With what this stuff amounts impunity. to. Complete impunity. Right. And I, I like um, – you know, I don't – obviously most police departments aren't this bad. This is a, a worst-case scenario. But uh, take a look. What did the judge do to the police officer that arrested the guy for the same charge that he the, the, the judge had just released Nothing. him for immediately as he's walking out of the courtroom? Nothing. Nothing. What I mean, you know, at this point, uh, all of his charges got dropped. Sure. But how much did it cost him? Don't forget the impound fees because his vehicle was in. Uh, you know, they won't let the guy go. Good luck keeping your job, too. And I mean, uh, you know, the midst right. of all I, this. You know, I mean, you're the kind of guy that gets arrested two times in one week. Uh, do we really want you working here? And what did the judge do about it? Did these officers get fired? Did they get reprimanded? Did they get, did they get thrown in jail for abusing their power? No, nothing. Maywood and cops. it's not, I mean, the, 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 the judge doesn't work for the town. The judge isn't in on it in that sense. It's just, this is the, this is the way it works. Others, uh, excuse me, Maywood cops, like too many others in that profession, were eager to deploy their portable electroshock torture devices whenever a pretext could be found. In June of 2006, two young men were waylaid by two of Maywood's <laughs> finest who handcuffed them and then shot one of them in the groin with a taser. Neither was arrested and charged with a crime, or charged with a crime. The following month, several Maywood police officers, without legal cause or justification, used a taser on an individual and kicked and punched his face, head, and body while he was handcuffed. This again from the, this is the report 
from the attorney genitals office. The victim, in keeping with standard procedure, was charged, of course, with battery on a police officer, resisting arrest, and obstructing or delaying a police officer. What else would you charge him with? The victim, a college student with limited means, pleaded no contest in order to get the matter behind him. In September of that same year, a thug swarm from the Maywood PD tased, assaulted, and beat a father and son in front of their home. The victims were collateral damage from a separate assault being carried out by the thug swarm across the street. The son, sickened by what he saw, had demanded a badge number at the time. As he wrote the badge number down, one officer attacked him, and the rest of his valiant buddies joined in. Once the kid was handcuffed, he was then repeatedly attacked with a taser. There's a little bit more about what happened in Maywood. We'll explain it to you here in a little bit. 800-259-9231. You say that most departments aren't this bad, Mark, but mm, it's hard to say that because we don't live in most places. We don't know what the stories are. And there are stories like this that come out all across the country. Is Maywood one of the worst? Maybe so. Or maybe we're just hearing this particular story. Maybe they just happen to be investigated, uh, whereas in many other places, they just, you know, the attorney general is going to look the other way. Hour two's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything, dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, and uh, you get to uh, log into the website if you'd like and submit show prep suggestions. We'll then take those in. Uh, take a look at them. Whatever is the, the way it works is you submit the uh, the suggestion and then listeners go and vote whether they like or dislike. And the most liked end up on the front page of the site and at the top of the page, which means we're more likely to see it, more likely to talk about it on the air. There's a, a story that we've been sharing with you. It's, it's fairly lengthy, but I think uh, very interesting about Maywood Police Department in uh, California. And I want to get back to uh, to that here in just a, a quick moment, but just to give our listeners a an update uh, what has been going on here in New Hampshire or nearby, a few of the activists were arrested yesterday down in Massachusetts on alleged drug and gun charges. A couple of other activists, uh, friends, uh, friends of the show, uh, Matt, or excuse me, not Matt, Adam and Pete from the formerly of the Motorhome Diaries and now of LibertyOnTour.com, they went down there to bail out uh, Rich Paul and Capuzzo, a couple of the other activists that were arrested yesterday. They went down there to bail them out, and in the process of attempting to give these government bureaucrats money, they were arrested themselves for uh, using a video camera, in uh, presumably inside the jail. I uh, was sent the audio from, I guess, I guess Pete was on the phone with... Uh, 
uh, with his girl, his uh, ex girlfriend or girlfriend, I'm not sure, Allison at the time, and uh, she managed to get the audio recorded somehow. I ended up, uh, they sent it over to me, and it's not really arable. It's pretty tinny sounding, and it's hard to make out what's going on. But there was definitely some commotion. Uh, they were ordered to stop recording because, well, so and so's in charge of this facility, and you need to do whatever it is that he says. And of course, they didn't do it. So they were arrested, and they are not giving their names, apparently, to the uh, the police department there, which means we don't know when they're going to get out. Mm. Nobody knows yet what they're charged with because you can't call and ask for uh, for them because they aren't in the system. They, maybe they'll be in the system later as John Doe, John Doe 1, John Doe 2. Not sure how this is all going to play out, but uh, as we learn more, we will definitely let you know. Again, our friends from copblock.org are in jail. Other activists from the Keene area in jail as well, all down in Massachusetts. So that's that. Um, also, Sam. Hope the best for him. Yeah, Sam just came back uh, from ObscuredTruth.com. He just came back in during the break to tell us about what happened outside the city council meeting here in uh, in Keene, New Hampshire. And the reason why he was inspired to go down to the city council meeting with a bullhorn tonight was because of what happened this afternoon. Last night on the show, I explained that I was going to go with a uh, a little agreement into the uh, the city council chamber, or not the city council chambers, but up to the uh, the city building today to pay the property tax bill. Almost $3,000, by the way. And that's only for half a year. I went uh, there with uh, a check filled out, and I went with a little form that basically said that uh, I acknowledge that this is uh, transaction is not being conducted by consent. It essentially said I acknowledge that uh, this is being done under duress. And I asked the government bureaucrats there uh, to, to simply sign this uh, surrender agreement. And they refused to sign it. They, one of the, the tax collector lady, the woman who's in charge of the tax collecting office, went into her office and she called the city attorney on her phone down there. Uh, then she relayed to him what the agreement said, asking if she could sign it. So he told her no. So we went upstairs to talk to the city attorney about that and uh, walked straight back to his office. The secretary tried to stop me from doing it. Uh, I walked straight back there. He got all upset about that and tried to push us out of the office, tried to step on my toes. Uh, he, uh, he he literally tried to step on your toes? Well, maybe it was an accident, uh, but oh, okay. uh, he was being very pushy and trying to uh, to move us out of, uh, of his area because he didn't like the questions that we were asking. Sam was with me there, and he caught all this, well, this on video. Is th- this is all done under the pretense that it's all voluntary. Well, you know, they we're wouldn't answer that question. This, you know. That's the pretense. And I asked that question explicitly. Since they wouldn't sign the agreement that said it was coercive, then I, the question was, well, is this a consensual interaction? Simple question. They wouldn't answer it. They didn't want to hear it. They said, you're trespassing. You need to get out of here. We're calling the police. And they made a big scene out of this. And uh, I don't know when the video is going to be up, but it uh, it was recorded. So the city manager comes out, and I asked him the question, and he's trying to get us out of there, and he won't answer the question. They just looked terrible. The, the whole idea that they're public servants in any way was completely broken down today as they refused to answer a simple question. These so-called servants refusing to even answer the question of somebody who's paying their salaries. It's a joke. And so we were up there, and we went downstairs. The cops were there. They, had, they were just arriving as we were leaving. Went out and had a conversation with one of them. And, of course, he defended the system and blah, blah, blah. So Sam was pretty amped up after that, and he, uh, he wanted to go out and, uh, and bullhorn the city council tonight. And so he, he did do that. <laughs> And he let them know, uh, you know, he he congratulated them on their haul today because yeah. <laughs> today was the last day for the property tax bills. Yeah, you got to admit they they probably hauled in millions of dollars uh, over the last couple of days. Yeah. You know, that's the second time that uh, that's I, a great I, way to run a, a crime syndicate. You just send out letters. Mm-hmm. 
And and by the way, uh, the the crime syndicate that runs my town didn't even get a letter to me. I had to go to them and say, hey, aren't we supposed to have taxes going on right now? Yeah, I manage a property. (laughs) I manage a property and had the same thing. It's happened twice now. I had to go. It 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 was fortunate that I stopped by and said, oh, when are they due? Today. I'm like, oh, okay, well, because I didn't get a bill. This is the second time now I haven't gotten a bill. And do you think that they would waive the fees? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no. You're going to have to pay it's the interest responsibility. on that. Yeah, and they, it's quite a bit. It's like 12% interest. Yes, 12% interest, right. yeah. 12% uh, tacked on. So your credit card's cheaper than this. I was frustrated by, uh, so Sam went down and he heckled them over the bullhorn today during their city council meeting. They had the windows open, so he stood out on the street with the bullhorn, uh, and there's video. There's going to be video footage of that coming out as well. But if only more people would give them a, a hard time, how many people go in there and give them a hard time when they're uh, when they're paying taxes? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I don't I'd know. Like when it comes it to hard times when they're paying taxes, it's not like they're going to stop paying taxes. It's that they're going to come with, up with systems for dealing with uh, right. people that they consider to be uh, recalcitrant. And, and I'm different. And you know, I'm disappointed in myself. I didn't stop either. Did you give them a check, by the way? I did give them the. I, I imagine you know, you I did. chickened okay. out and I gave Good. them. Good. The I'm glad you did. Well, I'm getting sick of this. Mark. I understand you. I understand. And Look, at Ian, some point, nobody's I'm more stick than, uh, sick of it than, than you and I. Absolutely. Well, However, then let's stop paying these thugs. Let's get together with other people who are supposedly as sick, and let's let's join a coalition and stop paying these people. I think I, I'm I'm with you, but I think you've got to be in the same uh, geo. You know, you've got to be in the same municipality same region, to have some yeah. kind of effect. You've got to have uh, you know a dozen people or something like that to have some kind of negotiation. Come on, people, move this. up here and buy houses. Yes, what is taking so long? <laughs> I'm ready to this stop. Is, this is the time to do chicken. it. The market is bottoming yeah. out. Come out and buy property in the Keene area. At some point, I, it's going to just come down to me being so fed up with this nonsense that I will just stop. But today wasn't the day. So I wrote under duress on my check. And I'm thinking maybe next time, if I'm still not ready to go all the way, I might just I might just not pay the cents on the bill. Like I'll, uh, I'll maybe not pay a dollar's worth of it or something yeah, like I've that. Yeah, I've heard that that can be uh, can really throw their books off. Yeah, I don't know how that'll. I don't know if they'll like reject the I check. I think we oh, should sorry, look into no, whatever okay. we can that will just be a horrible, tedious pain in the butt without actually crossing the line of being a, a serious charge of any sort. You know what I mean? I'm open to ideas, and, and, man. And like you know, well, and you you you're you're on the right track, I think, when you showed up to pay in all ones. Yeah, you know? that's fine. It was a whole uh, pain a lot in the butt of work, to stamp you know? all those ones. It but. was, but you know, but that's the thing. Like, if you're doing if you're doing that again, I'll come help or something. Well, I appreciate you know, that. Let me put some anarchy in your head. dot com stamps on right some on. of them. But or they something. figured that out. I mean, they immediately <laughs> yeah, they had a bill counter the next time. Uh, and, you know, they so they're they, going to figure things they out like that. Yeah, <laughs> I think that uh, writing a check for um, you know a for a dollar less or something like that really a will screw less. with their uh, you know, stuff. Right. Well, it would be interesting. W- will they steal my home over a dollar? Well, no. What they'll do is um, they'll charge well, they you... Well, they charge you 12%. 12% as I guess the whole it's an thing. APR, so that's 12 cents per year. So you'll have to... Next year, you'll it'll be a dollar twelve of your check will go to pay last year's um, you know stuff, and then you'll be you know $1.12 in arrears unless you put another dollar so it'll be two dollars and twelve cents. Just in stay arrears. in arrears by about a quarter all the time. I, I you know, no, just 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 so their books are like they're constantly having to. They have to send out. Oh, you haven't paid your. You're late on your property tax bill, and now there's going to be interest applied. Well, and so is that twelve percent just on the unpaid portion? I, I assume, and not. I you're not going to charge you twelve percent in the whole thing because you didn't pay it all. I would think they would go I, with that I wonder. last part because it's like a late fee, really. More yeah. than, I don't know if it's more like a late fee or an interest. Well, I guess I would find out, because that's what I'm considering doing next. I'm, I'm always open to ideas here, and, man, I, I'm just trying to think of things to do in the interim between when I, uh, between now and when I stop paying, because I don't know how much longer I can take it. 
and I hope that some folks come here sooner rather than later and, and join in on this because this is it needs to end. The coercion needs to end. 800-259-9231. Don't make me do it alone. It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And the features there include our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. W-I-K-I wiki. FreeTalkLive.com. Join more than half a million people who have trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. You can incorporate your business, create a will or a living trust, even register a trademark. Empowering you and protecting you with common legal documents that people trust at LegalZoom.com. If you don't have a will um, or a living will or any of these things, you're leaving your family open to a world of hurt. You know you need to get it done. It's fast and easy at uh, LegalZoom.com. I've done it there. If you use code FTL, FTL is in Free Talk Live, you save 10 bucks on your order at LegalZoom.com. All right, enough of me grousing about the, the property tax situation up here. I guess I'll just have to be patient, although my patience may run out. I'm not sure. I can't predict. <laughs> but I, gr- I folded today, and I'm not proud of it. 1-800-259-9231. So, back real briefly to Maywood, and then we'll get right into your phone calls about what you want. Uh, it's a story about Maywood, California. William Norman Grigg over at LewRockwell.com has been t- uh, spinning a tale. And for those of you that are just tuning in, uh, you can go to LewRockwell.com to see the full uh, story or just listen to our first hour when we put it up on archives later on. But just telling story after story out of Maywood about corrupt cops and them essentially uh, rounding people, uh, rounding up cars and uh, towing people, uh, getting a – like there's a tow quota. There was a tow quota in Maywood, at least two tows per day the, uh, per yeah, cop. A, cl- a claim made by one of their, uh, their police own cops, officers. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just one of the worst departments, uh, they, they are finally shutting down. And I, when I say they, I mean the entire city of Maywood. It's it's being put what out is of that, business. What is that going to do to the residents, the people who live there? How is that going to affect them? If the, you know, that's a good question. I don't are know. They, I, are they finally going to have a voluntary society? No, I doubt no, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> no it's you're being turned over to the county. Yeah, the, yeah. the city or the uh, yeah whatever the county of L.A. is will uh, will be handling the the business at that point. The sheriff's department will handle the policing policing duties that sort of thing. So I don't know if that means that they're wonderful. Uh, just merges in with the bigger blob. Well, I wonder if that means their taxes <laughs> will will go down. I mean, if they were being Should. taxed, I mean, as here in New Hampshire, we're taxed by the county and the city. Uh, so probably initially the, um, the sheriff's office will likely, you know, use it as an excuse to expand to some extent too. They'll say, um, we need well, more sheriffs. Yeah. We, we obviously need more deputies in order to, uh, to cover this, this new area. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll probably hire the old guys from, right, that's <laughs> what I was thinking. So there's one more story here that's uh, worthy of telling. 
Talking about uh, some thugs from the Maywood PD that were assaulting uh, and beating a father and son out in front of their home. Now, the reason why is because the Maywood PD thugs were already assaulting and beating somebody across the street. So this father and son came out to, uh, you know, check on their neighbor and, and, you know, at least watch to see what was going on and watch the violence. And so when the son came out, uh, they... Excuse me. When the, yeah, when the son, sickened by what he saw, demanded a badge number from one of the officers. As he wrote the number down, another officer attacked him, and the rest of his valiant buddies joined in. The kid was handcuffed, then repeatedly attacked with a taser. Because, you know, dangerous people can be really dangerous when they're handcuffed. At one point, the report observes, this is a report from the Attorney Genitals Office in California, the father exited the home and yelled, What are you doing to my son? The father was then attacked and assaulted by several officers. Both men were taken to the hospital for medical treatment. They were charged with battery on a police officer and resisting and obstructing an officer. See, that's what happens when the cops attack you. Well, you must have attacked them first, even though all the kid did was come out and ask for a badge number. Yeah, and I'd, I'd like to point out that the attorney's general, well, that's an assault, you know. attorney general's office here is, is reporting this. However, they're not doing anything about it. Nope. I mean, I, I haven't heard anything in this story. I never heard anything about it in the news of any of these police officers being charged with this and... They know about it, so this it's just it's understood. These people, whether they're you know good, bad, or indifferent, operate by a different standard. They don't have to follow the law the way you have to follow the law. They've got a different set of rules. They're oh. completely unaccountable, essentially. Well, they have to kiss their boss's butt, otherwise they're going to get in trouble. Yeah. By the way, once the cover charges serve their purpose, uh, that is resisting and obstructing an officer, battery on a police officer, namely insulating the assailants from accountability, they were dismissed. So you get to go through the process of, of, of being stressed out about having all these charges being uh, tased and beaten by the police, and then later on they just drop the charges. Oh, well, that's... After it, you know. they've already punished you, right. exactly. No, no liability for them for charging you with crimes that didn't exist. They can charge you with whatever the hell they want to, intimidate you as much as they want, beat you as much as they want, and then drop the charges later, and that's, that's it. No, no consequences and, for and them. Sure, and of course you're expected to feel grateful and relieved. Ah, oh, thank goodness those charges were dropped after I've already been punished and beaten and harassed. Victims of police abuse in Maywood were required to go to the police headquarters to obtain official complaint forms. As the This is from the same office that was beating them and Right, and there's, it's them. not even that big of an office. What was it, a town of 60,000? 40,000. 40,000. So, I mean, there's not that many cops. When you go, There's a good chance you're asking for a complaint form from the guy who, who beat you up and tased yep. you. As the March 2006 case described above demonstrates, the police department was a hazardous place to visit unless you were part of the Brotherhood. If they were fortunate, citizens who attempted to file a protest would escape the building after suffering nothing worse than contemptuous verbal abuse from the sergeant in charge of dealing with complaints. Eventually, federal civil rights lawsuits began to pile up, as did the costs of settling them, and the Maywood Police Department literally killed the city government that it supposedly served. When channels of official redress are closed and physical resistance is impossible or profoundly unwise, what recourse is open to people terrorized by predators in uniform? Maywood's financial collapse suggests one ironically positive aspect of the ongoing depression. It is possible for a police state bubble to collapse, if only in a geographically limited sense. To answer Greg's question about what recourse is open to people terrorized by predators in uniform, get thee to New Hampshire. That would be the answer. Because getting together with other like-minded people can make a difference. It can, uh, it can give you a level of clout that you never had before. You're no longer alone. You've got people that are gonna, willing to stand by you. They're willing to help you. They're willing to, uh, to work with you and, and, and get active in achieving liberty in our lifetime. Unfortunately, when you leave New Hampshire, uh, the, the safe confines of 
the political designation of New Hampshire and go to places like Massachusetts, then terrible things happen as some of our friends are now down. Uh, I think we're actually getting a better police department in New- in Keene, at least, because of the activists here. And I think there's sort of this sense of there is a sense of some kind of accountability only because they know that when they push things too far, that there's a lot of video being taken, mm-hmm. there's public notice being made, there's blog posts being made about it, that they're very closely being watched, that, that citizens are actually trying to hold them accountable, not with any kind of threats of violence back at them or anything right. like that, just, just, showing, just showing them. Public publicity, yeah. light, light in the dark corners. Show them for who they really are. Let's go to your phone calls. You can dial in about what you want. Doug, the champion, the champion of the... Uh, well, with a loud phone. The champion of the uh, the pole dancing contest, Doug, in Minnesota. Hey, how's it going? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, he sounds like you got your window down. Yeah, I know you're fan. Uh, let me just do this way. That sounds anyway. much better. Hey, I wanted to say thank you for my, you know, for uh, recognizing me as Miss Porcupole. I, I take that seriously. <laughs> I may consider a gender change later on, but... <laughs> Maybe I'll wear a lingerie next time and pass my crown, so to speak, and give a teary-eyed speech also. But that was really fun. <laughs> awesome. So what was on nice your mind to tonight, Doug? you guys, finally. Yeah, that was great meeting you, sir. You've been a long-time listener, long-time uh, caller and participant in the, the program, and I know you had a reason you were calling tonight, so hang on. 800-259-9231. More with Ms. Porcupole in moments. You can see the video footage, by the way, from this over at lclreport.com. It's up there on uh, Taryn's channel, lclreport.com, for the uh, the pole dancing contest from the Porcupine Pre- uh, Freedom Festival. There's more coming up uh, in moments. Your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Libby's 100% Pure Pumpkin. Learn how to give everyday recipes a nutritional boost with the power of pumpkin at VeryBestBaking.com. When choosing fruits and vegetables, orange or yellow are your best bets. Vegetables like butternut squash, pumpkin, or yellow peppers are rich in nutrients that are linked with lower risks of certain cancers and heart disease. On the fruit side, cantaloupe, bananas, and oranges offer the same benefits, plus one more. Kids love them. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. What you want. Just dial in toll free 800 259 9231. The SACL CAI toll free line 1 800 259 9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And those features include listening options. You got live streams around the clock, 24 hours a day. The latest episode of Free Talk Live is streaming. Plus, you can listen on the uh, your, cell, your cell phone or any phone that can dial long distance uh, via our listen lines or our webcam as well. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to get those options. That's listen.freetalklive.com. I mentioned uh, New Hampshire a few moments ago, talking about moving here. Well, that's what we did, all of us on the show here tonight. We didn't used to live here. Mark and I came from Florida. Dale, you came from Georgia. And uh, you can come here from wherever you are. Sort of came from L.A. Sort of, because I lived there for eight years. Were you in L.A. right before you moved here? Um, I went back to Georgia for about a year. Gotcha. So to, give it a, to give it a try. I can't, yeah. I, get, I went back to see if it would feel nostalgic and everything, go back to my hometown, and I was like, eh, no, nah, I want to go to New Hampshire. <laughs> and was it a good choice? Uh, absolutely. It's so I was great. just having a conversation with another uh, recent mover, Wes, about uh, how um, he was saying how it felt so peaceful. Like, somehow it felt really peaceful to be here. And I said, this has been the best years of my life since I moved to New Hampshire. Bar oh, none. Yeah. 
far and away Absolutely. the happiest years of my life since I got to New Hampshire around other Liberty lovers and, and make some great friends. And and again, far and be, far and beyond just the doing activism, which everyone, which I think a lot of people see as this chore. Uh, be, far and beyond that, there's just just being around people who share your values. There's that basic foundation of. Of, of respecting other people and their rights and things that, that makes such a great foundation for friendship. You make really good friends up here. And I think that a lot of people don't see that that's what a lot of it is about. Well, if you're seeing activism as a chore, then you're doing the wrong kind of activism. You should be doing activism that you find exciting and interesting and, and something that you want to do. You know, um, I, j- just to give the sort of the counterpoint to what you're saying, Dale, I agree with um, you know what you say uh, as far as you know it's being a great place and full of great people and all that stuff. But when I first moved moved up here, I kind of you know missed the city atmosphere that uh, you know that I'd sort of grown accustomed to, and um, you know it, it took me a while to get used to it. And now you missed your mommy too. What's that? You missed your mommy. Well, I mean, I I'd lived <laughs> near my mother for a long time. It was nice to be able to wander down the street and borrow a tool if you needed one. She you know she had. 40 years of accumulated power tools. It's you were awesome. a little homesick. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he just but, missed the power tools. Not as well. But, often, you know, but over time, you know, I've, I've uh, come to accept it as this is this is home. And, and now I don't like to go even back to Florida to visit. I, you know, just like to be at home. It's a great place. Go to freestateproject.org to learn more. Get signed up. Get on board. More people moving here all the time. And it's like I was saying the other day, uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. We just uh, a, a week ago, we were broadcasting live from the Porcupine Freedom Festival and had an absolute blast there. And Doug from Minnesota uh, was there with us. Uh, Doug got the, the chance to meet you. You won uh, Miss Porcupine 2010, the very first ever. And uh, you're on the air with us. So what's on your mind tonight? I'm just so excited to be Miss Porcupine 2010. <laughs> I just want to thank Michelle Seven, my coach, and my muse. She <laughs> is my mentor and my inspiration to further my whole dancing career. You sound like Miss okay, Piggy. <laughs> I wonder, are you related to Corley at all? <laughs> Corley, never mind. <laughs> all right. Hey, Dale, you were there. Uh, I, yes. I, I'm thinking maybe the reason I won is some of my junk fell out or something. I don't know. I, oh, I, <laughs> I wasn't uh, one of the judges as far as I know, so... <laughs> I can't wow, say what. Right. what. <laughs> I do right. think that Car- like Karst- Karsten, I think, should have gotten an honorable mention or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember who it was. He that, that real thin guy with all the yeah. muscles. Yeah, yeah, man, he was all over that poll. You can I'm go sure. see the video over at lclreport.com. So what's up, Doug? All right, a quick question for you. I was driving around New Hampshire, went to the went to Portsmouth, hit Manchester, wanted to scope out places to live, and I. Uh, did some shopping, just like, you know, McDonald's and uh, 7-Eleven, and I saw sales tax on my receipts. Mm. I mean, is that like a city by city, or? No, you it was see sales tax. You saw food, uh, out-of-home uh, out food tax. Meals prepared, tax. Yeah, prepared, prepared food. food tax. If you have prepared food or drinks, it, there's it, a uh, It considered. acts remarkably like sales tax, and, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's the, extra money that you have to give the government when you buy something, so, uh, but it's not sales tax. <laughs> it's 9%, too. It's incredibly expensive. Even Massachusetts beats New Hampshire. Theirs is only 5%. You eat at a restaurant in Massachusetts, it's only 5% down there. Um, how, how are we letting Massachusetts beat us on? It's, it's a shame. That's embarrassing. Oh, those sneaky little bastards. Jeez. Which is why, well, well, that's why uh, an organization like a Savannah Last Biscuit, uh, this, which is a brilliant, uh, you can't call it a company, it's a brilliant operation being run down in Savannah by uh, Mama Allie, who uh, she came up, she brought her whole operation up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival and was serving food twenty four hours a day. Some uh, of the best Southern cooking I've ever had. Yeah, with uh, with delivery to to, uh, to campsites. 
So setting something up like that up here in New Hampshire would be awesome because it would help people avoid that 9% sales tax. Not only that, but you'd also save all this money on you know whatever you, whatever you would normally spend on rent and those sorts of things. You got a, I mean, you got a meal out of this lady for three bucks. It was crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can, yeah, there's some I, I amazing deals. Room, Sorry, say again, Doug? Like, you know, they delivered to my room at 8 in the morning, you know, and yeah. live delivery. Yeah, it was good stuff. The well, biscuits were the... You answered my question there about, uh, quote-unquote, sales tax, but... There you have it. So, so more outside-the-system uh, endeavors are uh, required in order to help people avoid that, and then maybe the inside-the-system folks will be able to uh, repeal it at some point. But, hey, Doug, when are you coming up? I say, so you say you're looking at places? Yeah, well, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a signer. Uh, in the next five years, i got to get the job nailed down. But, uh, you know, one thing, I moved from California to Minnesota because I loved the trees and the green. I grew up in Minnesota. And all of a sudden I go to New Hampshire and they tell me it's the second most treed state in the nation. And I just was going, I couldn't believe how beautifully green it is. Your eyes just soak it in. And I'm a Minnesota guy. We've got... We've got trees out here. There's even more out there. Well, uh, Minnesota, the, the, the difference with uh, uh, you know New Hampshire and many states that uh, that are are covered in green is that New Hampshire goes up and down as opposed to just being flat. So you can see these uh, these vistas. These uh, you know it's the reason that people come up here for autumn. Yeah, um, especially when you see a big a mountain that's that's so colorful. Yeah, it's, know, it, it is incredible stuff on the landscape. Beautiful. So I'm hoping within the next five years uh, I'm going to do some more research and uh, you know blah 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 blah. See you soon, though. Maybe next year for sure at uh, maybe the, the February event here also. Fantastic. Looking forward to it. Doug, thanks for the call tonight, and we'll talk to you later. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, you can bring up anything there. Uh, Ms. Porcupole on the line with us. A lot of people who went uh, to Porkfest, uh, I mean, this is sort of an overarching theme, is, you know, people really can't wait to get to New Hampshire. They, uh, you know... Uh, I can't blame them. Uh, yeah, Porkfest is, in one of one sense, it's a really great event because it shows people what it's like to be around Liberty lovers. In another, it's awesome. Uh, in another way, it's sort of false advertising because there's so many people in one small area that uh, that you you think it's going to be this sort of euphoria, and it really is uh, for for Porkfest. This euphoria all the time, and obviously it's it's not all like that. But it's it, it, it's unless you're it's, in Kane. I mean, right. I'm, <laughs> Man, I'm a little biased. Okay, it, I'm glad I never went to a, to a Porcupine Freedom Festival. Uh, b- before I moved up here, because it would have driven me crazy. Like if I weren't ready to move, and I come up to the Pork Fest and experienced what it what that is like, I'd have been gone. I'd have been going nuts back in Florida. There's no, yeah, it's I, there's no doubt that people like after this Pork Fest, so many people came back to Keene and they were inquiring and just really wanting to get as much information as they possibly could to help expedite getting here. Like you know, to finding out what a move would be what would would be involved and how hard is it to find a place and. And you know we're trying to give them advice and stuff like that because it, yeah it's just amazing how how much that what a catalyst it is to get people mm-hmm. like who are maybe thinking about it they come out to Porkfest and then they're settled okay I'm ready to move one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one that is the SACL CAI toll free line and we've got uh, there there are resources for these things uh, the Free State Project has a job section and. I'm sure they've got housing information. Of course, there's the uh, the pork landlords. What is it called? Pork Manor. Pork Manor. There's a website yeah. out there that allows people to uh, to put up rooms that they might have for rent uh, to potential movers, that kind of thing, to give them a place, as a, at least a landing zone. You know, can- I just had an idea because uh, – and maybe I'll air it out now. Why not? The thing is when I was talking to a lot of new – a lot of the people who are interested in coming up here about was that the big thing seems to be the bottleneck. 
or the big bottleneck seems to be having some really convenient housing to move into mm-hmm. so you can look for something else. And so I'll talk more about that. We'll do that here in a moment. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can take control of these airwaves and bring up whatever might happen to be on your mind. Coming up, Dale's going to share with us six disastrous laws that looked good on paper. We'll see what those are all about. Plus, we'll take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, and they're all free, including our news updates. You get signed up over at news.freetalklive.com. You'll be kept in the loop via whatever way works best for you. We've got emailed updates, Twitter, we've got Facebook. So sign up for whatever the one is, or more than one, that would work best. Go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up. Uh, just a quick update. Our friends uh, Adam and Pete from LibertyOnTour.com are in jail. Also, some of our friends from Keene, uh, Rich Paul and uh, Capuzzo, a couple of the activists, and uh, a lady who I'm not familiar with, are all in a Massachusetts. Someone un- unlucky enough to have been a- accompanying them. Yep. Uh, in Massachusetts, they are all in a jail cell now. Adam and Pete had gone down to bail the other guys out, and during the process of attempting to pay the bail... Uh, they had video cameras, and the, the jail guards apparently didn't like that very much. So well, they they were using them, right? They right. didn't just have and they didn't like that very much. So they arrested them, and now they're in a jail cell as well. According to uh, Adam's uh, YouTube page, Allison Gibbs reports that she called the police department, Greenfield PD in Massachusetts, at four one three seven seven three fifty four eleven four one three seven seven three fifty four eleven, and uh, was told they had been arrested by Greenfield PD. The bail has not been set because they aren't giving out any information. She was asked their birth dates, but she gave them no answer. So uh, right now they are still remaining mute in the jail cell, and we don't know where it's going to go from here. We'll keep you in the loop as we learn more, but those are our friends from uh, copblock.org. Go and subscribe to their website when you get a chance. It's a great site. And I know there are other folks over at CopBlock, so CopBlock will continue. They aren't the only two bloggers there. There are a handful of folks over there that can kind of keep the, keep the ball rolling, which is a good thing. Keep the the anti-police state fires burning. So, uh, Dale, you wanted to comment quickly on, because uh, we've got some calls. People are waiting yeah. here. Just- yeah, I was just thinking that one thing maybe Port Manor could branch out into doing. Right now, it just hooks up landlords with potential renters. And, uh, and, and that's great because, again, the bottleneck, seem- in Keene at least, the bottleneck seems to be readily available housing. If there's rooms available, whatever, mm-hmm. they seem to fill up very quickly with new movers. So I was thinking that Port Manor maybe could branch out into hooking people up who just want, who want to find roommates you know, so they could get because there's a lot of places, especially in the summer, you know, when school lets out and things like that, and when colleges lets out, uh, there are a lot of places in the summer that are available. It's just you know, people usually just want a room or they want to split with someone else, and they don't so, know the other people that nece- that are necessarily coming into the area. So getting them right. together would be a, an ideal thing. I like yeah. that idea, and they, to some extent, that happens on the Free Keen forum. Uh, we've got the housing section and the job section there, so people can go there and post that they you know they'd like to move, and then other people who also like to move can get together, so they can use that. It's kind of disorganized, though. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a little, little clunky, clunky and messy. It's just sort of you know posting a message versus if there were like a list of people looking for roommates in certain areas where you. You yeah. could say, and it would be maintained by some kind of 
you know, something like that. I think it's a fine idea. Uh, so w- this is what we need. People with the talents to put this kind of stuff together up here with the time and availability to do it. So in the meantime, you can go to freekeen.com if you're interested in the uh, the Keen area. The Free State Project has their own forum, freestateproject.org. I believe there's some jobs information there as well. Not sure if there's a housing section in the, uh, the Free State Project forum. But nonetheless, the resources are here. Reach out and meet some people. And then get up here. 1-800-259-9231. We go to your phone calls and to the fun. Kurt is in North Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Kurt. Kurt, North Carolina. You're on the air. I had a lot of fun up at Pork Fest. That was a blast. Excellent, sir. Um, one, of the, one of the things that uh, when Molyneux was asked what's different about being in New Hampshire for Pork Fest as opposed to normal life, he said that he didn't have to worry about having to keep his mouth shut during con- during polite conversations <laughs> to keep from railing against people for their, uh, uh, well, preconceptions. Mm-hmm. I was on my way back from Porkfest. I stopped in Vermont to visit some family and uh, was in the car and listening to a couple people talk about the recent um, Chicago gun ban decision by the Supreme Court. And it was definitely a clinch moment because it was, oh, no, there are going to be guns everywhere now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, this is in and, Vermont? And, and, and I, this is in Vermont, yes, exactly. The, the most free place in America as far as guns are concerned? <laughs> yes, the one state that has absolutely no laws restricting firearms, and this person is all really, a, really going out of her mind about how frightened she is that there are going to be guns everywhere now. Wow. So I, I had to keep my mouth shut for a minute and really think this one through. And I said, um, pro- they won't make any difference because they'll just put the same kind of restrictions that Washington, D.C. put on and just not grant any licenses but still have them, like New York City. They don't have a ban. They just make licenses impossible to get unless you're Donald Trump. Mm. But uh, then I mentioned to the lady, uh, I think Vermont does it right by making absolutely everything legal, and then you, have to, you get punished if you hurt people, not by what particular tool you use. And she was... She asked, what, what do you mean? I said, well, walking into a bank with a fully automatic shotgun under your trench coat is perfectly legal in Vermont. There's absolutely no law against it. That's what made it the safest state in the union. And that's when she told me she was a transplant from New Jersey and, and <laughs> obviously had thought that the uh, low crime rate was because guns were banned or something. She, never <laughs> she had no clue. No clue, none whatsoever, and she didn't talk about it after that. It I think it shut a, down the conversation. It's a, you should just short circuit it. I mean, as long as you're going to ban guns to prevent crime, just ban crime. Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> but, um, Wait a minute. Uh, let me anyway, think that through. Just, Hold on. <laughs> I just I found it fascinating that someone could be so completely unaware of where they've chosen to live. Oh, and uh, engage their mouth. That's what the it, it, it's it's amazing to hear to hear it happen. But you know, here she is railing against it, living in the the state that's uh, you know got the freest gun laws in the nation. It's, I think that's incredible. A, yeah, I, great story. I uh, did not say. Oh, by the way, I'm packing right now yeah. because it probably would have given her a heart attack. <laughs> great story, man. Anything else you want to share tonight? No, that's it. I appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Kurt. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. As we continue here, by the way, uh, another update on our friends Pete and Adam uh, and the other folks that are down there in uh, in Massachusetts sitting in a jail cell right now. If you want to help, I don't know how this is going to happen. Get them out. Allison Gibbs is raising money. Uh, she's got a PayPal account, ladiesofLibertyAlliance at gmail.com. If you want to send some cash along to her, uh, that'll be ended up uh, sent over to help out Rich Paul and Capuzzo and, uh, and Adam and Pete and 
the other folks that are in jail down there. Ladies of Liberty Alliance at gmail.com. PayPal them a few bucks and help get these folks out of jail. Ladies of Liberty Alliance at gmail.com. Let's go to Roy listening to KTAE in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Roy. Hey, fellas. Good show tonight. Thanks. I really liked your last caller. Send him to Texas, will you? <laughs> Appreciate well, I think those he's people. Move to New Hampshire. Sorry, man. <laughs> By the way, I used to uh, shoot pool in uh, competition, and I got mixed up with a lot of rednecks because that was all that lived around me. And the only way I could get in a group was to get with them. And boy, all they talked about were guns and pickup trucks. Mm, yep. and, Sounds and like they Texas. were dead serious. <laughs> yep. uh, I'm calling because uh, a little while ago you were talking about a new tax on takeout which infuriated me. And what really chaps me is that uh, they call a new bill or a new tax something other than what it is. In other words, they call it a sales tax, but they don't tax the seller. They tax the buyer. So why don't they call it a buyer's tax? Hmm. And it's like the Patriot Act. That was really a trader's act. Really? Yeah, all the taxes really flow downhill, if you notice that. Like, if you're renting and you think you're not paying property taxes, that's kind of funny. Because sure. you're paying your property taxes for your landlord. Every, every it tax. It all flows downhill. Every tax <laughs> uh, goes to the consumer. Every time. It's got to be the, the guy at the end. Absolutely. And people are always saying tax the rich or tax the big corporations. They do, but you know, they tax us. They, they just raise the prices. Absolutely. They're making their money off us, and so anything that raises their cost raises our cost. Well, I, I thank God for talk radio and you fellas. I listened to you for a little while, and uh, I'm amazed at your knowledge and <laughs> intelligence. So well, we got up, you though. fooled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed we're still on the radio. <laughs> Okay. We're good at faking You don't it. have to be that smart to get on the radio, man. Just to really? let you know. <laughs> okay. Thanks, thanks for the anyway. call, dude. I appreciate hearing from you. At 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Oh, man. All right. So coming up, we've got to share uh, something with you. Dale has a story from uh, his favorite website. Where everything is spend... factual and undispu- <laughs> indisputable. Crack.com. We're going to tell right. you. About what's the actual title of the uh, the story? Six laws that were great on paper and insane everywhere else. We'll find out what that means here in a little bit. Also, we'll uh, we'll talk to you about absolutely anything at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I got the uh, the latest update from the folks over at the Advocates for Self Government. Did you know that four thousand four hundred seventy six people died last year in America while on the waiting list for a kidney uh, transplant? It's a lot of people. In fact, nearly 80,000 are desperately waiting for kidneys right now. According to the National Kidney Foundation, some of them have been waiting for years. Now, people needing kidneys make up over three-fourths of all people waiting for donated organs. That's significant, really. The tragedy is an unnecessary one. And guess what? It's caused by government restrictions on human liberty that in practice amounts to murder. Currently, it is illegal to buy or sell kidneys, or any organ for that matter, in America, even though kidney donation is quite safe. A little bit more to this story. We'll tell you uh, when we get a chance at 800 259 9231, the SACL CAI toll free line. Hour number three is on the way. Organ sales. Should they be legalized? Seems like a no brainer, right? Who could be against selling a part of your own body? It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Candy. For inspiring ideas for your next celebration, be sure to visit us at celebrationcorner.com. You don't have to wait for a holiday to plan a festive meal. Celebrate anytime with a fun menu or creative theme. Invite friends for a roll-your-own sushi dinner. Or surprise your family with a birthday cake when it's nobody's birthday. Fun is the name of the game, so make up a special reason of your own. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. 
Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. We're going to continue discussing organ donation, organ sales, actually, which is completely banned in the United States. Also, coming up, uh, Dale's going to share with us some uh, six laws that looked good on paper but uh, didn't work out too well. We'll get to that. Also, your calls about whatever you want at 800-259-9231. Just an update on our friends Pete and Adam. They're currently being held apparently in the police department, uh, the the jail in Greenfield, Massachusetts. They may actually be in the jail jail. I'm not not clear, but the recent report is that they're in the police department. They usually have a holding cell in the, de- um, in the department, and then right. they'll transfer them, transfer them over to the county, which is um, run by the sheriff, who is you know tr- the traditional holder of the keys of the county jail. So they were arrested as they had gone down to uh, to, to bail out some of the other New Hampshire activists, uh, Rich Paul and Capuzzo and another lady uh, that was with them. Uh, they'd gone down to bail them out and were arrested for having a video camera, or using a video camera, I guess, in the lobby of the police department. Uh, again, Massachusetts, much more scary place to live, uh, much more police state, much fr- uh, more frightening down there. Cops are more willing to uh, to aggress against you for not harming others. And so I decided to call the police department during the uh, the news break there. And I should have been uh, I should have recorded it. And I apologize for that. Uh, they were recording the call, certainly. So it would have been completely legal, I think, uh, for me to uh, to record that even without telling them, although I normally do like to tell them because sometimes it upsets them. And uh, so I called and I, I said, I heard you I heard you guys had arrested some peaceful people for having video cameras today. And he says, well, who are they? And of course, well, I don't I don't really know about that, but I heard that uh, that you arrested them and I would like you to uh, to release your peaceful uh, prisoners. And he said, well, if we got probable cause to arrest them, we're going to arrest them. Click. They hang up the phone. So I imagine he's been getting a lot of calls this uh, this evening. He seemed a little bit flustered. Um, you may want to give a call and check in on uh, on uh, Pete and Adam, but don't use their names because right now they don't know the Greenfield Police Department don't know who they're dealing with. Pete and Adam have not given out their uh, their names to them. They haven't given them any information. And so if you call in, just kind of beat around the bush about uh, about who they are. The number is 413-773-5411. That's 413-773-5411. I'm uh, pretty sure you have to hold through the menu at the beginning before they send you over to the dispatcher. But that's what I did during the break. 1-800-259-9231. This is, this is one of the things the activists do is when uh, when an act up here, when an activist is arrested, uh, the word goes out. We put out the word via Pork 411 and via Facebook and all as many places as we possibly can about what's going on. We get hassle people, the cops until they wish they weren't born and we're, no, we're never born. Yeah, well, because the cops are used to being able to arrest somebody, putting them in a jail cell and having people forget about them. Indeed, that's exactly what they're used to. They're, they're, they're not used to the idea that somebody that the dozens of people will call and some mm-hmm. Some cases, hundreds of people will call. Um, you know, they they'll give them special treatment. They'll be less likely to uh, to treat them poorly. Um, you know, they're they're more likely to get rid of them because they're just a hassle to have around. So, one more time, that phone number if you want to call and check in uh, and let and encourage these police thugs to uh, release their peaceful prisoners. Four one three seven seven three fifty four eleven. That's the Greenfield, Massachusetts uh, Police Department dispatcher. So with that in mind, we continue our discussion. We're talking about a prohibition. And it's a prohibition that doesn't normally get much coverage uh, anywhere, even on this show. We haven't talked about this issue in a long time. In a while, yeah. Uh, It's a prohibition on selling your organs. You own you, right? You should be able to sell you. But not in the land of the free. 
So what's happening is uh, over 4,000 people a year, 4,476 people died last year in America while waiting for a kidney transplant. This according to the folks over at the Liberator Online at theadvocates.org. They saw, send out a great little biweekly Wait a minute. It would be a great opportunity for some voluntary income dis- redistribution because, you know, it's like someone could hit the jackpot and discover that they're the right type for this like, wealthy, you know, super wealthy guy that needs a kidney, mm-hmm. you yep. know, and it's like, hmm, you can sit there and hold out for a really good price. Like, you know, uh, I only got <laughs> one more. So uh, I don't know. I think 400000 ain't going to cut it. So what's happening? Well, uh, 80,000 people are desperately waiting for kidneys right now, and as a result of these government, this government prohibition on selling your uh, organs, they are killing people. And as the advocates point out, the Mayo Clinic notes that it's incredibly safe to donate a kidney. It is. Um, it's all. It's safe. It's. Uh, you're. You're probably. It's not going to take any time off your life. You don't need the other kidney if you're. If you've got a healthy kidney and they and they test you, if you got one healthy kidney, you're fine. They say that the procedure for donors is minimally invasive and safe. Studies show that the remaining kidney will continue to function normally and will compensate for the loss of the other kidney. So, no big deal. Libertarians have long argued that this prohibition on the sale of kidneys is not only an, and it's by the way a sale a sale of any organ is not only an outrageous. However, the the one organ that you're liable to want to sell is your, is kidney. your kidney. I mean, you know, how many other organs are you thinking about getting rid of? They're in high demand, I think and most people have an extra lobe in their brain. That, <laughs> right. There's like two in there, as I understand it. I don't know. Three fourths of all people waiting for donated organs are waiting for kidneys. So high demand for these things. Anyway, it's not only an outrageous violation. Three fourths of the people okay. waiting for organs are waiting for kidneys. Uh, so it's not only an outrageous violation of the fundamental right of self-ownership, it's inconsistent. After all, people can accept payments to become surrogate mothers, donating eggs, or participating in risky clinical research. Further, people are free to take numerous other non-medical risks for money or for other rewards without the government's permission. Why should choosing to sell a kidney be different? Well, a new study shows clearly that a payment system would end forever the kidney shortage that causes so much suffering and death. As reported in USA Today, researchers from the University of Pennsylvania and the Philadelphia Veterans Affairs Medical Center, which, by the way, is an aside, did you see the story about the VA uh, center that uh, infected like a thousand veterans with AIDS? Oh, God. Just, just as an aside. Uh, doing a great job over there at Socialized Medicine. Anyway, they asked 342. Was anybody held accountable? I didn't get all the details. Yes, what a surprise. You, feel free to look it up and uh, bring it up when you get a chance. But asked 342 participants whether they would donate a kidney for payments of zero $10,000 or $100,000. And the study found that offering payment almost doubled the number of participants who said they would donate a kidney to a stranger. Currently, less than 100 people per year donate a kidney uh, to strangers. It seems obvious that the payment system would immediately halt the tragedy of thousands of persons dying unnecessarily each year while waiting for a kidney, a tragedy caused entirely by the government's prohibition. So you can go and get signed up for the Liberator Online and get good stuff like that. Plus, uh, they've also got Dr. Mary Ruart. She writes a little uh, quick a- quick answers to a tough questions column in there. It's really useful stuff. Head over to theadvocates.org to get signed up for that. It's free. As we go to your phone calls, Carl is in Montreal. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Carl. Hey, how are you doing, guys? Carl, I had an update for all your listeners. I, my new website, Liberate Carl. 
Bible.com is working again, and it's been translated into a bunch of different languages. Uh, it talks about how I've been detained for three years by Canadian immigration, and I'm still locked up now. They put me in a mental hospital for an evaluation here at Douglas Hospital in Montreal. It's been since May 2007. I haven't had a trial. I've just been detained. I was illegally railroaded into prison in the United States, and they wouldn't redress the uh, complaint. And I have evidence that the U.S. Attorney's Office fabricated lies against me and fabricated evidence in a so-called statement from a witness which was false. And I served five years in prison in the United States and came to Canada, claimed asylum here like a lot of the war protesters. Now that I was locked up in immigration Which you can't 18, do anymore, as you found out. Yeah, yeah, my site, if everyone would check it out, it's Liberate Carl. That's spelled C-A-R-L, my right, name, first name, dot com. And it will come up in Spanish, French, German. I think uh, it's great that they let you uh, edit a website there. How much well, do you have Well, I somebody doing a site for me outside. Oh, really? But now, uh, well, in this hospital, we have limited computer access. Uh, I can ask them for the use the computer, but the site was set up by somebody else. Good luck out there, Carl. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, we can continue here. Uh, you are welcome to dial in and bring up absolutely anything. 800-259-9231. So, Dale, let's talk about the uh, the six disastrous laws that uh, they say looked good on paper. Let's do. From Cracked.com. Okay, this is Cracked, so it's indisputable. Most stuff on the Internet is, so... The ro- uh, it says, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions and bourbon. The point being, history is full of well-meant laws and reforms meant to protect us from ourselves that either don't do a damn thing or, in these cases, actually make things worse. What's the first one? Smoking Jesus. bans in pubs and bars means more drunk driving. We'll I come think you've back. talked about that before. We'll talk about that here in moments. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up what you want to control of these airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. American patriots, would you like to spend a day or two with other freedom-loving Americans? Learn rifle marksmanship while hearing the real story behind the American Revolution? If you said yes, then the Appleseed program is for you. Part shooting school, part oral history lesson, Appleseed has trained thousands of Americans nationwide. And with hundreds of shoots scheduled this year, you can be sure there's one near you. For more information, go to AppleseedInfo.org. That's AppleseedInfo.org. Dial in, toll free, bring up anything, 800-259-9231. Features, by the way, on our website are completely free, including our webcam. You can go there, you can watch, listen, and interact because our chat room is built into the very same page. Go to cam.freetalklive.com and do all of those things. Chat, watch, listen, free. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory by way, needs. By the way, memorydealers.com is the sponsor of the webcam. Yeah, yeah, they are. They they also offer great prices and service on used networking equipment such as uh, Cisco routers and switches. You can uh, they have the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, and they're one hundred percent compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers. Add up to ninety nine percent off of the list price. You can go to memorydealers.com. dot uh, com. They have all their stuff in stock and ready to sh- ship via overnight delivery. Memorydealers.com. 
All right, 1-800-259-9231. By the way, the details about uh, Adam and Pete from copblock.org being arrested today in Massachusetts are up at copblock.org. So you can get the phone number there. Uh, you can get the link to where you can send the PayPal if you want to send them, uh, send Allison a few bucks to help get them out. Uh, also, of course, our friends uh, Capuzo and Rich Paul are still down there in jail as well. So Massachusetts uh, busily collecting our liberty activists here from New Hampshire, unfortunately. So copblock.org for the latest. Yeah, and Massachusetts is no place to be for liberty activists. However, they're going to be sorry they got them. There's a lot of easier criminals in the world to get. This is true. Our number here, 800-259-9231. Dale, you were telling us about some uh, six laws that looked good on paper and didn't work out so well. Go yeah, ahead. Cracked has taught me a lot, and one of them is how to auto-filter auto myself for the FCC because they tend to cuss in their articles. Yes. So. Yeah. So we're on smoking bans in pubs and bars means more drunk driving. And I think you've talked about this before, Ian. And it's, it really is kind of it's actually makes sense if you think about it. Let's face it. Alcohol and cigarettes are a magical combination. They go together <laughs> like peanut butter and chocolate, a rock star and a porn actress, a cracked writer and minor felonies. You'd think it would be common knowledge. I guess they've had a lot of problems. Uh, common knowledge by now that if you mess with one of these vices, it's going to affect the other in some way. But anti-smoking laws have been in the news quite frequently, with newly implemented indoor smoking bans taking effect all across the U.K. and the U.S. Uh, New Hampshire's one of them that got hit uh, yeah, fairly recently. The benefit to public health seems obnoxious at first glance. But... Or sorry, it seems obvious. obvious. <laughs> it seems obnoxious to me. Uh, it seems obvious at first glance. But as astute readers might have guessed already, there's always a potential backfire just waiting to happen. So how did it backfire? Smokers who also drink alcohol are going to smoke when they drink alcohol. As obvious as that statement is to anyone with a shred of common sense, the unbreakable bond of smokes and booze escaped lawmakers completely. They figured that smokers would go to bars, have a drink or two, step outside for a quick nicotine fix, and then resume the drinking inside. They forgot to take two tiny little things into account. Winter is cold and wet, and people with genitals typically like to not freeze them off. So, uh, a study by researchers Scott Adams and Chad Cotty discovered that when faced with smoking bans in bars near their homes, alcohol-drinking smokers would simply drive further to other jurisdictions where the bans weren't in place. That also oh meant they had a longer drive home when they were potentially drunk off their behinds. Mm-hmm. Adams and Cotty found that on average there were a thirteen there was a thirteen percent increase in drunk driving fatalities in areas that had in- instituted smoking wow. bans. That's pretty significant. That's pretty significant. Yes, yeah. yeah. so, death. I mean, that's death over a smoking ban. So congratulations, you you know kept people from smoking indoors and and you know maybe reduced their chance of cancer a little bit, and then they drove home and killed people. So you know it that was my that, that was my little editorial by the way that wasn't in no the it's fine it, it reminds me of uh, the, uh, the the blue laws that some counties have where in some places in most, probably mostly the south but uh, they prohibit alcohol sales what happens well people quit drinking of course no they go to the next county over and they go to the the convenience store that's closest to the border and then they drive back home and in many cases they have been drinking before they get in their car to go and get more alcohol or they start drinking on the way home or or whatever and they've got a, a more distance to travel in order to get back with the yeah. alcohol well worst case scenario they go to a bar in a different town mm-hmm. where they you know hammer back four, five, six drinks, whatever it is that they're going to... You know, when they would have drunk at home. Yeah. Right. Their number is that they they could have drunk at home or, drunk, uh, you know, drank closer to home. At a neighborhood bar I think anyone yeah. would agree, anyone would agree that if you're going to have drunk drivers on the road, that you would prefer to have drunk drivers on the road for a shorter period of time, closer to their mm-hmm. home, rather than a longer period of time farther away from their home. Right. I think that, uh, I don't know if it was Lionel, the uh, old Lionel on a radio show that he used to talk about this, where 
wouldn't it make sense to if you didn't have zoning laws, you could have uh, you could have bars in neighborhoods. That's how it used to be. I wonder, Mark, actually. I think for a lot of people, they're more concerned with punishing people for doing things that they think are bad than they are in actually preventing harm. And I think that, like, oh, well, if they're driving a longer way, they've got a better chance to catch them or something. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I mean, people really have some screwed up motivations for some of this stuff. It's true. They really do have a a real uh, penchant for punishment, some people do. Yeah, it's – so – a lot of it's, I think, about punishing people that they think are bad. But, now, uh, now, of course, they're they're analyzing some of the unintended consequences of these laws. The obvious thing that uh, a liberty-minded person would say was, well, it's, it's wrong uh, on its face because it prevents uh, private property owners from being able to decide what to allow and, and to disallow on their own property. Certainly, certainly. Number two. Uh, uh, well, if we've learned any lesson today, this is still number six. Oh, okay, gotcha. Let it be thus. Never underestimate the love affair between beer and cigarettes or the motivational, the motivational power of cold testicles. Also, don't drink and drive. That's someone, something, somewhere in there, too. So, Number five, sex offender laws make them harder to track. If a stampede of pedophiles running rampant through the streets sounds like a nightmare, you might not be sleeping. You might just be in Iowa. It all seemed like such a great idea on paper. The good legislators of Dubuque, Iowa, in an attempt to keep pedophiles and other degenerates as far away from their children as possible, made it illegal for a registered sex offender to live within 2,000 feet of a school. Seems like a no-brainer, right? Well, no, not to me, but (laughs) I'm sure to a lot of people it seems like a no-brainer. But then someone remembered that kids also congregated at other places besides schools. There were libraries, daycare centers, swimming pools, and parks to think about, too. In the end, sex offenders were forbidden to live within a half mile of any place where adolescents might gather. Right. (laughs) Which pushes them. Why adolescents? I mean, aren't the the scariest pedophiles out there after children younger than adolescents? technically not. Like the scientifically term is not pedophiles. Adolescence is pederist or something. No, I believe it's ephebiophile. Wait a minute, oh, what are you talking about, Mark? Clarify here. Okay, a person who likes young people that are over the age of uh, puberty, I believe, is called an ephebiophile, mm-hmm. and a person who likes them under is called a pedophile. pedophile. Yes, a pederast is just an old term for pedophile. Oh, sorry, for pedophile. Like I'm, I'm old, so. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> how did it backfire? Somebody took a map of Dubuque and drew 4,000-foot diameter circles, or circles around every predator-free landmark in town. They made they, it 4,000 feet? Well, it was uh, that's the diameter. The yeah. diameter. It's a, oh, it's a okay, 2, gotcha. It was uh, radius, radius, so diameter is twice the radius. It's a good thing you guys have me here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I know math, too. They quickly realized that with dozens of overlapping, overlapping – I'm not drunk, I promise – of overlapping circles covering <laughs> the entire city, there was literally no place that a sex offender could legally live. Like some alternate universe version of the yep. book, book of Exodus, the city's molesters had no choice but to pack up their stuff, saying, let my people go, and head for the promised land. When I pause really like that to say something, it's because I'm substituting a word. <laughs> <laughs> the, prom- the promised land, in this case, being the town of Galena, right across the Mississippi River in Illinois, where no such restrictions were in place. When the good people of Galena realized that a herd of dudes named Chester were headed for its borders, <laughs> they in turn passed their own draconian residency laws. Oh, man. The next town down the next town down the line did the same thing, as did the town after that. And we can continue. Yeah, I would like to continue. Where do they end up? 800-259-9231. Usually it's like in a trailer park on the outskirts of town. It turns into like... Or a, under a bridge. Right. More on the way here. 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. 
Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there because they're free, including uh, features like our listening options. Uh, We've got live streams, our webcam, our listen lines as well. All there for you. Listen.freetalklive.com. Listen.freetalklive.com. So if you're going to play around with police officers and videotape them and stuff like that, you might want to know something about the uh, political process, the, uh, the judicial process. Jurisdictionary.com will help explain to you the rules, how to fill out forms, get evidence, move the court, set hearings, do research, draft pleadings, etc. It's, it's all there and created by a doctor of jurisprudence who wants you to know how to protect yourself from members of his profession in a manner that the average eighth grader can grasp in less than... 24 hours. It's an exhaustive amount of uh, material that they give you, but uh, the basics are all contained in a, in a five-hour video seminar and a two-and-a-half-hour audio classroom on, on CD. When you go buy Jurisdictionary.com and uh, take the course like I have, it's a great course, use the pull-down menu there, then uh, mention Free Talk Live. All right, we continue here as uh, Dale is sharing with us from Cracked.com, six laws that looked good on paper, to some people at least, and then later on you find out that there are some serious unintended consequences involved here. And you're talking about uh, the sex offender, the so-called sex offender laws. These which, are so retarded. These are just like, you know, look busy laws, just look like they're doing something that are I, really ineffective. I think they're outrageous and, personally <laughs> because uh, they don't. They really try to give people a, a good feeling. Like the, the point of the yeah. sex offender laws is to make it look like the politicians care and that the police care and that they're doing something about these, you know, the scourge of uh, sickos that is out there molesting children. When in fact, most of the, a lot of the people, I'm not going to say most, but a lot of the people that are arrested for so called sex offenses are people that are engaging in completely consensual behavior. For instance, a 20 year old male having sex with a 17 year old female, that's a sex offense. It's also a sex offense to. Depends pee. on what state. In public, in most places, yeah, statutory yeah. rape is is considered a sex offense. Right, but seven, yeah, actually, right, yeah, but like in New Hampshire, seventeen-year-old is, isn't necessarily considered statutory rape every place. In every like in state, New Hampshire, sixteen is legal. All right, how about an eighteen-year-old having sex with a fifteen-year-old? In every state, that's right. pretty much going to be a statutory rape charge. And so cons- the funny thing is, is that uh, it wouldn't have been uh, before the eighteen-year-old's birthday. So the the eighteen-year-old, the seventeen-year-old right. having sex with a fifteen-year-old, not that big of a deal. But then the eighteen-year-old turn or the seventeen-year-old turns eighteen, and then suddenly you've got yourself a felony. Boy. Well, but even if they were, even if you've got a seventeen-year-old having sex with a fifteen-year-old, that may be legal. But if they take a picture of it, then it becomes manufacturing child pornography, which is also a so-called sex. And they can offense. charge them both of them exactly, and they have. So, uh, and then you've got peeing in public, which is also considered a sex offense. So, so many people have been labeled as sex offenders. I almost got caught for that. For not doing anything that involves hurting another individual, not doing any kind of molesting or raping or anything like that. I, I, yeah, I remember trying to find a parking place to get into a club in L.A., and I was like, okay, I'm going to explode. 
What are you going to do? <laughs> and I had I peed in public. I was like desperate. So you, you know. got to do something. So so in those cases, you got all these people that get on this sex offender registry, and then they publish the registry, and you know people uh, go there. Well, we're going to move into this new neighborhood, and we're going to see if there are any sex offenders here. Okay, you type in the zip code or whatever you type in the address, and it comes up with the list of the alleged sex offenders. And like I say, many of those people haven't harmed anybody, but even those that have, people can change. And I think it's, I don't think it's fair uh, to give somebody the scarlet letter of a sex offender for the rest of their lives, because that's how long this well, lasts. And not to mention, too, the other thing, too, is for the real the ones that actually are maybe, you know, the ones that really are an offense where there is like uh, someone really underage, doesn't understand what's going on, they're being molested. A lot of those are happening Usually, it's someone who knows the child who's in the who has the care of their child. Nine yeah. times a, out of ten, a close family member or a parent themselves. That's where most of it is, and so this is really this is really based on sort of a fan, movie fantasy, or mm-hmm. I don't know this notion that this sort of this sort of um, weird uh, nightmare image scary. of the guy right. driving a van down the street and offering kids candy, which and it is really happens, r- it happens, but it's not the huge vast majority. No. It is not a rampant thing. The the rampant the the, the most common thing is uh, someone who knows the child. So it does nothing for increasing safety. It just makes it so people can feel good. Because if you type in your location on one of these sex offender registries and you see no sex offenders, Whoa, there's nobody around here that's a sex offender. That just means that you haven't, that the, that the people that are around you haven't been caught for it. Right. You never know who is going to uh, to offend sexually. And, uh, and the sex offender registries don't show you the future. So right. all you can see is the people who've been busted for it. And that's, that's almost useless. And actually repeat offenses aren't that common. That's a common myth as well. well it's it's fairly uncommon for their repeat, repeat offenses i understand it agreed that uh sex offenders are not the most likely offenders to reoffend. but the problem exists with those numbers in the same way as ian was just pointing out that those numbers are rife with people if you go to jail at 18 for having had sex with a 15 year old you're going to get out at 24 having sex with a 15 year old at 24 not as easy as it is at 18 because you just don't hang in the same crowd right. so you're not as likely to reoffend in that way if you'll understand if you pee mm-hmm. in public you're never going to pee in public again if you got a, a sex yeah. offense you understand <laughs> so when you take out of those equations those people that um you know may, made mistakes want to change and the ones that uh you know that that the, the, the really borderline really yeah. shouldn't have been there in the first yeah. place. And you leave then in the... who knows what the numbers look like? It's the government that has screwed up the numbers. So yeah. I don't know what it's like for one of these genuine Chester candy given van driving sickos. <laughs> I don't know what their chances are of reoffending. The cartoonish I version. <laughs> it's pretty high. So but if the government actually kept good numbers, which Who's the last organization you want to keep any kind of right, numbers? Right, right. Um, exactly. If they kept good numbers, then we would know, but you don't because that's, that's it's true. all it's, messed it's up in that way too. Horribly distorted. So what they do Thieves reoffend. Is, so <laughs> what they've done, and you're talking about Iowa, I believe Dubuque. In this uh, case, they yeah. They pass a law that says, well, okay, well, we're really going to show these sex offenders we're serious. We're going to make it so they can't live within two thousand feet, uh, two thousand foot radius of a school or a park or a church or a you know arcade or wherever it is that kids might hang out. Which of course ended up driving them completely out of the city to another city and, and then, then they Galena, the right down from there did the same thing and then the next town down, down the line did the same thing and, and then, then what? you know then you have a frenzied passing of sex offender residency legislation sweeping across the entire region and now presumably there's a tidal wave of homeless child molesters thousands strong that's going to crash into the atlantic ocean at any moment they're all being like pushed away iowa lawmakers reluctantly came to understand that while having sexual predators living in your town is not very appealing 
Knowing where they live is, is an important part of policing them and making sure they are controlled and accounted for. Once everyone on the sex offender registry became basically homeless, a good number of them went underground and disappeared off the police radar altogether. <laughs> the end result? Like a sexually deviant remake of Predator, Iowa is now being stalked by legally invisible child molesters scattered throughout the state. So uh, that that's sort of like... Uh, Sort of avoid not not addressing all the points that we just brought up, but even you know even assuming they're dangerous predators, which is sort of really questionable, obviously for the reasons we discussed. And uh, what's it going to be like? By the know, way, who knows where they are because now they're homeless. Now, what, what's it going to be like? By the way, when you get these laws that are pushing these so-called sex offenders, and many of them, you know, they really are, uh, out into the same scuzzy trailer park on the outskirts of town, instead of allowing them to live within society and make a better life for themselves, maybe uh, you know, create a, a, a future for themselves and, and work hard, you're telling them they can't uh, essentially live in society uh, in an, in a geographic area. So they push them out on the outskirts. You all of a sudden have a trailer park full of uh, of sex offenders. Yeah. What are the That's kids, the kids a, that live there? It's going to be great for them, right? Right. So now instead of the sex offenders not knowing one another and living relatively scattered throughout a city, now they're right. all hanging out together. Right. That's going to be great. Think of the last people that you want to participate in organized crime. Yeah. And what's the government doing? Shoving them into... And this happens. This truly happens. There are stories around the United States of stupid city council people that pass these stupid laws that say that, that sex offenders can't live within a thousand feet of this and that and the other mm-hmm. thing. And, and to this point, that you know, there's little tiny pockets maybe left across the town. In this case of Dubuque, there wasn't anything left in, in town that, was within two, that wasn't within 2,000 feet of uh, churches, schools, playgrounds, yep. and God knows what else. And so they're, they're, you know, these guys still have jobs. They want to go back to their jobs. So they all end up in similar locations. And then what do you do? You really want two child molesters getting together when these guys can work tag team? This is how you want your problem solved. 800-259-9231. The law of unintended consequences will explore further here in moments. Also, we'll take your calls if you make them at 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves even in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live. Coming up. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call if you make it now. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. By the way, you can visit Dale on his website, anarchyinyourhead.com. Great cartoons of a liberty theme over there. You can uh, take a look at that. I also enjoy some of his blog posts and, and video blogs at anarchyinyourhead.com. Dale, normally you're on Friday nights on the program. I asked you to come on tonight because tomorrow night uh, we're going to have a special guest host, Jason Talley. Uh, will be sitting in with us from the CD Evolution Fund at cdevolution.org. And Jason, uh, formerly of the Motorhome Diaries, his friends uh, Adam and Pete are right now sitting in a jail cell in uh, in Massachusetts, so I'm sure he'll have something to say. Uh, about that situation as well. And by the way, for the latest information on uh, Adam, Pete, Rich, and Capuzo, and and the rest of the uh, the activists that have been arrested down in in Massachusetts, you can visit copblock.org. I just cross-posted over to freekeen.com, so there's some information there as well. How you can help out, how you can send money to help with bail, 
uh, how you can contact the police department to give them a, a hard time for arresting, arresting and harassing peaceful people. All of that uh, is up now at freekeen.com. So 800-259-9231. We're talking about some unintended consequences of laws that uh, many people would think are very positive to have, but uh, not so much. Dale, uh, continue with crack.com. We're on number four. Fishing restrictions mean smaller fish. If you happen happen to be hunting on land, you have to follow some pretty strict permit rules, like only hunt in designated areas, observe all safety rules, and don't slaughter anything that can sing you an adorable song about the forest. (laughs) So it only makes sense that the same should apply for fishing, right? Nope. Don't you look stupid for assuming that. That's what you get for applying logic, suckers. So how did it backfire? Fishing restrictions are actually causing the fish to shrink and depopulate. And this isn't some new development either. This has been happening over the past century or so. The average size of cod has gone from 95 centimeters to 65 over the space of 60 years. Wow, that's a big drop. Yeah. You know, um, I, there, there's these old pictures in, uh, you, know, you and I are from the, the, the sun coast of Florida, and you'd see these old pictures of these giant groupers that these mm-hmm. guys would catch. There's nothing like that out in the, uh, in, in the uh, Tampa Bay area or out in the, uh, the Gulf of Mexico, like anywhere near land. You just don't see these gigantic fish. Um, these are the kind of like swallow Jonah kind of uh, groupers. Mm-hmm. They're gigantic. And um, it's just. <laughs> yeah. So why, Dale? You, would why think it's, you might think that's from overfishing, but actually that seems to be the, not the case at all. So uh, the average size of cod has, has dropped, and while most people were happy to shrug it off, assuming water shrinks fish the same way it makes fools of all men, some sci- scientists suggest we might be the ones actually responsible. In one study, a batch of Atlantic silversides were divided up between three tanks. In the first tank, 90% of the largest fish were cold. In the second, 90% of the smallest fish were cold. And in the third control tank, they cold fish at random. Though pres- presumably... Cold? One- cold, <laughs> cold meaning cold. Pu- like removing them. Okay. C-U-L-L. Removing, yeah. So, though presumably the ones that swam like uh, dorks went first, (laughs) counterintuitively, it turned out that the second tank ended up having larger fish over longer periods of time. So, wait, which tank was the second tank? The second tank uh, was was one where the uh, smallest fish were called. Okay, so so they pulled the smallest fish out, and, and then and then uh, and then and it turned out that that tank ended up having larger fish over longer periods of time. Okay, do you see the reasoning yet? As we're actively removing all the big fish from the ocean while simultaneously protecting the smaller fish, we're teaching the genetic structure of the fish to favor slow growth. Not only does this mean that we're getting smaller fish to catch, it also means that the fish are now taking longer to reach maturity, meaning they're taking longer to repopulate. They're basically mm-hmm. throwing the smaller fish back is the idea. Like you're only allowed to catch so many fish, so you catch, you keep the biggest ones, you throw the smallest ones back, Aye. and we're, we're genetically engineering smaller fish. Got it. Or or breeding smaller. Whereas smaller if fish. you could just take whatever fish you catch, then it would be more at random. Then right? yeah, got it. In short, we call the strongest and the largest the Schwarzenegger fish, while throwing back the weak and sickly Steve Gutenberg fish. Hmm. Then when nature sees this crap go down, bam! Perpetual nerd fish. Interesting. <laughs> so number three. Number three is coming up. Okay, the Endangered Species Act. Endangered species. Uh, it's yep, a law. that is absolutely <laughs> the case. This is one we've talked in detail yeah. about on Free Talk Live. Uh, it's a law passed by the United States Congress in 1973 whose main purpose is to prevent the extinction of like four animals you've heard of and then 800 types of skink. If your family was constantly under siege by the sinister dusky gopher frog or the malevolent dark-tumped petrel, then you were crap out of luck after 73 when it became illegal to ask them to dance with Big Betty, Big Betty being your shotgun, 
uh, in this strange analogy. The ESA also made provisions to protect the habitats of these imperiled species by imposing restrictions on the land where they lived. This is an important point, as you'll see in a moment. How did it backfire? As luck would have it, an estimated 90% of all endangered species in the United States can be found on privately owned land. When an animal on the endangered species list is found living somewhere, the surrounding habitat is automatically protected right along with it, and any activity that might harm the animal must cease. If the Fish and Wildlife Agency identifies a particular area as home to a giant kangaroo rat, for example, then farmers are restricted from tilling the soil there. Timber companies can't harvest trees. Swinger clubs have to put the kibosh on their (laughs) druid-themed outdoor orgies. And somewhere, the U.S. government has to cut George Orwell a royalty check. You know, (laughs) um, this... When I was buying property uh, down in uh, Sarasota, Florida, apparently there's this uh, little endangered bird called the scrub jay. I don't know. I didn't uh, study this. I'm just telling you the experience that I had. And the advice from uh, that I was given by uh, people in the real estate business was essentially, if you see a scrub jay, shoot it. That's where we're getting. <laughs> so, uh, and these restrictions stay in place until the animal is removed from the endangered species list, a proposal that can take years, decades, or eternity, depending on how much they like hanging out on roads mm-hmm. and don't like humping. So, obviously, the farmers weren't exactly content to let the government put the needs of a rat, no matter how giant or kangaroo-like, above their livelihoods. If their land seemed like a suitable habitat for an endangered species, then the solution was obvious. Wreck the ever-loving crap out of the property to make it as unattractive to that animal as possible. Kind of like keeping the refrigerator empty and never washing towels until your dork of a roommate moves out. Alternatively, if they found an endangered species living on their property before the government did, then it was time to shoot, like Mark Mm -hmm. said. Shovel and shut up. Kill the animal, bury it, and never say a word to anyone. The endangered species list basically became a hit list for any animal that was on it. Wow. So, <laughs> and several and, recent environmental studies have shown that both of these unforeseen tactics have actually done more harm to many animal species than just leaving them off the endangered list in the first place. Whenever you use force, there are unintended consequences. I mean, it's, there's lesson after lesson. Of course, I mean, the war on drugs, the war on poverty, you name it. Whenever force is used, in many cases, the, op- the exact opposite of the original intent of the, the law that was created ends up happening. And that's what you're talking about here. And it's not just from that perspective of, well, the property owner is going to want their property, so they're going to do what it takes, either kill the animals or make it undesirable for them to live there, that kind of thing. There's that aspect. And there's also the aspect that uh, an endangered animal is a valuable animal. Many of them are because, well, they're low population, and so therefore poachers are very interested in acquiring them. Over in Africa, there's a big problem with elephants and things like that, uh, where the ivory is particularly valuable, etc., and so what uh, I'd like what, to see some free market alternatives to this. I'd like to see some free market environmental uh, organizations offering people money to like leave their land untouched or something. Well, the alter- you know, say, look, look yeah, don't well, do anything and we'll pay you, you know, because there's this animal on it. And if we see a population increase, we'll pay you some more or something. Here's what's likely to, to compensate happen. then is let's say you've got yourself a bald eagle on your land and you want to develop your land and uh, create yourself, uh, you know, whatever it is that you want to put on the land. You want to farm it or, or, you know, put up a condominium or whatever. So you do whatever it is you do. The bald eagles say, decide whether or not they want to live, you know, there and what what's remaining of the trees, assuming they're treated get cut down and they go elsewhere and then you know they're going to go elsewhere until they find some place in order to uh you know somebody's going i would like a bald eagle on my land mm-hmm. i think that would i think that would be great well i've got a big bald eagle family that lives over in the corner of the, it's awesome sure i mean you know that that would be great but now they're endangered because 
you can't build the condominium, you can't build the farm, you can't do anything because there's a bald eagle nest there. So somebody wants to get rid of them rather than just doing whatever they're going to do and the consequences are whatever they are for the bird. Likely, the birds are still alive, you know, and they can continue to mate and, and have more baby eagles and stuff like that. But now you make it so that they're, you know, the, the opposite occurs. They're even more endangered. So, and how much would a bald eagle be worth? Like, if you could, if you could get yourself a, a bald eagle live, boy, what would you be able to sell that for on the black market? As we've seen, there are animal smugglers who will take these animals that are prohibited, for instance, from coming in here or they're endangered, and they will essentially smuggle them around because, well, they're black market product. They're, they're right. a prohibited product. And they, they, they hate you. You you found that to be the case with, with uh, certain pets that were mm-hmm. they're trying to restrict people having certain animals as pets. Well, now it's a black market pet, so it's even more valuable. Yep. They, so it like, increases oh. the value. It increases the danger. <laughs> and it also makes it so that when the black market is handling things, like, for instance, with the uh, African elephants uh, being poached, well, the poachers aren't out there breeding the elephants. They're just poaching them. And since you're not allowed to own the elephants, you can't breed the elephants. So there's no – the market would normally have this uh, elephants being bred and, and harvested. The, the ivory would be harvested and the more elephants would be bred. And if they were legal to own and legal to breed, then there would be plenty of elephants out there. But because they aren't, they're being eradicated by the black market. So the government created all this. Anyway, we're out of time. It's been Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Back tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart, 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. 